the Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Now that Nick Diaz doesn't fight in the UFC or hasn't fought in the UFC for a long time, that that soundbite is even cooler. Yeah, it is. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's a lucky moment in time. It's hilarious. Yeah, this uh, this weekend, Tommy Buns and I were in New York having a good time in the Big Apple. <laughs> that was fun, man. That was fun. That was a good time. This show was insane. They were the nicest fucking people on the planet Earth. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't always luck out when you tar- start talking about sizable crowds, when you start talking about over a thousand people. Yeah. But for them to be that nice felt like a room of well, was 50, a, you know? It was kind of a screwy situation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because... Um, we uh, were at this old venue, and this uh, place, the only way you could get to the 10th floor where the auditorium is, is you had to take an elevator. And out of the bank of four elevators, two of them were broken. And don't forget, the building had thousands of people in it for other massive events. Two massive events. The yeah. Stern Show party. like His Stern birthday bash. birthday bash. Yeah, which was, was on humongous. The, yeah, he was on one floor. And there was, what was that other? Uh, there was a another Seahawks floor. Super Bowl party yeah, exactly. was on. Exactly. Yeah, there's a Seahawks party thousands there. Thousands people. of people. And then our show was sold out for months. So it was like, it was madness. And it was all these people having to go from floor to floor on elevators. It's so weird, too, like to um, to do a, a room that big that is not a ground floor yeah. room. Tenth floor. And Tenth floor is It's old as shit. Theater. The, the, the place is old as shit. It's really fucking cool. Like yeah. The building is badass. It's like, yeah. There's a lot of those old buildings in New York City that are like, you feel, it's, if you feel different when you're in them. Yeah. Because you know, like, when was this building made? 1909? Whoa. Yeah. And you're walking around it. And first of all, they're solid as fuck. You know, think about yeah. a building that's been there for a hundred fucking years and yeah. it's still rock solid. I mean, they, they made some goddamn buildings back then. But uh, on top of that, it's just got all this history in it. Yeah. You know, these, these, all these people have been through it, and it had some strange design. I guess a flaw, or I, I don't know what you would say, but just a, a, a byproduct of the design. There was a wind whistling through the entire so hotel. bizarre. The entire, it was not a hotel, the entire convention center, whatever you Building, would call yeah, it, Manhattan yeah, Center. Yeah. The, the entire place, like a 30-mile-an-hour wind. Like you would open doors and wind would come in, what? but it was warm. But you couldn't find the source of the wind. You couldn't be like, oh, this window's open. That's where the wind's from. It was some sort of an effect of all these doors being open and the wind coming in from the front door. Yeah. So the wind would come in from the front door with such momentum that it would go down these hallways and literally make it upstairs. Yeah. So you'd be on the 10th floor and the wind would come whistling through. I mean, strong wind. And the weird thing is that like... To get to our to the room to like to backstage, you go up, you know, you go up to the tenth floor and you go down like eight hallways with turns. So you feel like you're in this weird labyrinth. Yeah, you know, there's not like you go well, this door's open, it's right here, that's where wind's coming from. You weave all the way into this area, and then the wind is hitting you from every angle. Yeah, it's, it's so and it's crazy. warm. It's not even cold wind because yeah. it's freezing outside. Mm-hmm. But by the time the wind gets to you, it's been heated up by the building. Yeah. So we got it's like some sort of an intern, internal baby tornado thing going on. It was yeah. You know how with tornadoes, I think uh, part of what causes tornadoes and some hurricanes is the two different heats colliding with each other, like okay. uh, a warm water and cold air, or yeah, I knew that about hurricanes. Warm, yeah. There's something about, you know, weather fronts and conditions mm-hmm. colliding. And I wonder if that has any factor in the cold air becoming, you know, like whipping around that building like that and becoming warm. Dude, even when we went into the green room, um, 
we felt the you know the that wind. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I moved because there's a curtain there. And you move the curtain and there's no window. But I thought the window was open. It was so I just didn't know where it was confusing like where it was coming from we're like, it's how is it hitting us right now yeah it's really weird and you know when you think about like wind in buildings like i think about things like like remember that movie backdraft oh yeah and then like that was like the first we i was remember scared to open doors that when you are in a fire the when you open windows and you open doors oxygen. it affects the amount of oxygen yeah. coming to the fire and sometimes it's almost like an explosion like yeah. comes at you you know this wind and air and and heat and temperature that those are the we we deal with them so often like on a stable basis air conditioned rooms like mm-hmm. especially in California pretty stagnant climates yeah. pretty, pretty static climate but when things change like radically and have these weird effects like you realize like how bizarre the whole idea really is in the first place Fucking yeah. air, invisible air around us all the time, whipping around and moving, and you can feel it when it blows on you, but you don't see shit. You don't see shit. It's also like one of the basic kind of building blocks of the world, of life, yeah. and I think most people know very little, like me, about it. Like, you kind of go like, how do I not know more yeah. about how that works? Yeah. And I don't. I'm just like, yeah, no, oxygen feeds fire, and that's like kind of my little extent of my knowledge about it. It would be weird if Manhattan put a big fucking wall around it. You know? Yeah. That would be the way to avoid uh, the uh, the window. That would certainly, yeah. <laughs> Just put a huge wall, but the top of the uh, buildings would still be wiggling. Probably, yeah, get, yeah. I well, they like engineer that in them. The the fact that they can sway, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, all new buildings will definitely like buildings in the last twenty years. Yeah, all will have like sway, especially if they're built. Well, I'm sure in New York, but like San Francisco, uh, L.A., you know, mm-hmm. they expect them to have tolerance for earthquakes i was in uh, ray kurzweil's house in uh, san francisco he's mm-hmm. that google guy he works for google now um, the guy who works with uh, artificial technology and you know he's uh, this proponent of the idea of uh, the transcendental man that mm-hmm. one day we're going to be able to transcend our, our biological existence and either become a part of a computer or download consciousness to computers fascinating fascinating dude but he lives on the top of this fucking building you know, and like this is San Francisco, man. Like yeah. this is a crazy place to live. Like this, this fucking thing moves, man. Like, that, don't like, you feel weird about those uh, Malibu homes on sticks? Fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> those people are crazy. <laughs> crazy as shit. Well, remember when we were in New York this weekend? When we were flying in, we flew over areas that Hurricane Sandy hit in New Jersey. Yeah. And you see, like where buildings used to be. Mm-hmm. You see, like these areas where shit is just wiped out. Yeah, it's scary. V- fucking real scary man like it doesn't happen that often no but when, but it, when does, it does happen you're oof. fucked yeah. and it can happen we just we're basing everything on such a short timeline you know our ideas of what weather is possible is only yeah. based on the last couple of hundred years it's true it's based on a couple of years and then you also only live so long like when you talk about like history time and history you know a, a, a human lifespan is not even like uh, you don't even measure how often something happens by yeah. so we only have re- we only refer to things happening through like oh it hasn't happened since like my grandfather was around <laughs> that's not that long ago <laughs> that ain't shit. you know yeah that happened fucking yesterday in terms of history so yeah it happens pretty often actually to put it in perspective think about the lifetime of like say a house fly what do they live they live like seven days ten right. days or something yeah how okay let's find out how long All does right, a house hours. fly live i think it's a couple of days yeah think about how many um horrific things have happened in like modern recorded history, weather-wise, if you if you lay that out over time, over stuff we don't know about, 
like really bad natural disasters happen all the time. Seven days. That's how long a fly lives? Yeah, most of them. Seven days, sometimes as long as two months. Whoa, so two big months. Difference. Like, I'm an old school pimp, man. Yeah. I've been around here for a minute. But just think about house. how little change happens over the course of seven days in the world. I mean, sometimes yes, yeah. sometimes no, but the idea of basing the weather on what happens in seven-day increments is fucking completely ridiculous because we it know is. about seasons. Well, seasons don't exist to a goddamn fly. Yeah. Like, During Grandfather's Day, the world <laughs> was frozen. <laughs> Things were dark. Life was terrifying. There was no shit anywhere to land in. <laughs> You know? My pappy was around last when, month. When the shit would drop, it would freeze instantly. We couldn't lay eggs. You know, I mean, they, that's what their version of the of world hit, would yeah, be. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But it's, then you talked like 10 generations later. It's sort of like a Game of Thrones type of thing where they're talking about the, the winter being months or, or years instead of months. I still haven't seen that show. You haven't seen Game of no. Thrones. How dare you? I know. One of the things about winter is winter is varying lengths in this crazy world that they live in. Sometimes winter lasts for years. For years? Yeah. Fuck that. Winter's coming. And they're all terrified of winter. They're all terrified of winter. It gives you a good perspective because we know that winter's going to be, even if it's in Iowa, even if it's somewhere like Michigan, it's fucking cold as shit. Mm -hmm. It's four months, you know, tough it up. Yeah. Suck it up. You'll be all right. But if winter was 40 years... You got to move. I don't (laughs) want to hear your argument for why you stayed. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. You you know the like the thinking behind that. It's like that. That really is what it's like. The difference between living in Michigan and living in California. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some places where people live that have pretty extensive and sometimes brutal winters. Nothing compared to 40 years. But I'm saying there's you go further north into Canada. Yeah, there's definitely cities that have uh, like you could argue that it's pretty seriously winter by October. Yeah. And then it gets, it just gets varying degrees of worse, you know? So, like, they're like, this isn't winter yet. I know it's five out, but wait till next month. And you're like, okay. And then you go into November, December. Those are freezing. January, February, the worst. And it's still cold in that place in March and sometimes into April. It snows in May. Yeah. So you're like talking Edmonton? about. Edmonton? Go to Edmonton. You, yeah, you, you can catch that. a crazy snowstorm in May. Cold Shit as fuck. Goes wrong. It's cold as fuck. Yeah. I ran into a couple in Phoenix uh, that came to the shows, mm-hmm. the shows down there, and they uh, live in Edmonton. And they said they uh, they take uh, the summer off or the winter off. The winter they, off, they, yeah. They just go to Arizona. So like, fuck this, fuck this, yeah, yeah. Especially Phoenix. Phoenix is great. Yeah. In the, in the summertime, oh my god, it's crazy. But yeah. in the wintertime, it's dream. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's awesome. it's not, that 130 degrees in the summertime is fucking retarded, though. It's horrible. <laughs> that that in like uh, in Vegas, so you're like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, here? it gets like 110 all the time. Mm-hmm. Where you're just out there cooking like a hairdryer in your face. And if you happen to like walk on a pavement, oh my God, or get into a car, and then yeah. you look at your, the thing, you turn the car on, it says like 122 on your dashboard, <laughs> and you're like, what is happening? That's the sun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's horrible. The, these people, were, they lived most of their life in Edmonton, and they were like, fuck this. When you think about it, everybody would if they could. Yeah. I mean, there's no such thing as like, I really, you know, I, I understand people that like the seasons and all that and, you know, the change, but. Nobody wants to be around 20 below for extensive periods of times usually. That's, that's you know, reasonable. I think you, you kind of want to get out of that naturally after a while. Did you ever see that show, uh, Life Below Zero? Uh-uh. It's one of those Alaska shows where yeah. people are living in these strange climates. And there's this woman who operates this uh, refueling station. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, 100 and something miles north of the Arctic Circle. 
<laughs> so this crazy lady hurts inside to think of that. This is a badass bitch. She's by herself up there, and uh, she was attacked by a bear once. I don't know how she survived, but it, it <laughs> broke her leg and I think maybe her hip too, and bit into her head. Is that her? Yeah, that's her. Does she have a beard? She's got a little something going on there. Okay. You would too if you're an old lady. Okay. The more the best. Yeah. She, normally she doesn't look like that. All right. She doesn't have the frost in her face. Don't be cruel to my I, I just was. <laughs> I just saw a beard and I was like, she has my beard. She's a tough broad, man. Yeah. And I, I've been trying to figure this lady out. I watch the show all the time and I'm trying to figure this lady out. I think um, this is what it is. I think she's a tough lady that enjoys challenges. Mm -hmm. And so like her life is better for her when it's just this constant struggle against nature and the elements. She enjoys it. Yeah. She seems to like thrive off of it. I think that's a, you know, there's individuals who you put, um, you, you set up circumstances for, it's better for them. Like, in a big picture, like, some people work better with structure and some people work better with no structure, mm -hmm. you know? And I think you keep progressing along that line. Some people can thrive in harsher situations. Like, this is ideal for some people, but I think it's not for a lot, you know? It's, there's a minimum amount of people that actually want to be and will thrive in an in a environment like that. Well, everyone is always looking for Phoenix to go to in the middle of the winter. Everyone right. is looking for comfort. Right. And what these people are doing is going the exact opposite, opposite way. Yeah. Yeah. And they're saying, we're just looking to make it exciting and struggle every day, but we choose to do it this way. Like, these are all what you call subsistence hunting people meaning they live completely off the land. They get their vegetables from, they grow them, they get their fish by chip. That woman right there, that uh, Inuit woman, mm -hmm. her fucking whole family has had massive loss because of people falling through the ice and drowning. She lost her mother, I think, she lo or her brother. She lost like several like, close family members, members, fell through the ice and fucking froze to death. Mm. You know, I mean, this is some harsh shit. Yeah. This world is crazy, and they have to do it. That's the only way you're going to get fish. So they're out there on this river, this flowing river that free the top of it freezes, and you're standing on it. And if you fall through, that's a wrap, son. That's it. It's over. But there's no other way. Like, there's no other way to get the fish out of there. But she also has, there's purpose for her being up there, in other words. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a refueling. Like, she's there for a service, or no? It's, she's just there. No, that woman, just, that's how they live. That's just how she lives. That's how they make their money. They don't, they don't have jobs. They just get fish. Out of the uh, out of the river. I mean, this is there's a, several groups of people. But, but you she, were looking at that at that yeah. Inuit woman and yeah. her husband. Yeah, her husband's different groups. Yeah, yeah. There's there's four or five different. Groups do they that sell they fish or is it just fish to eat? They sell some things. Yeah. They do a lot of trading though. They like they'll trade like oh. they'll give you half of a caribou. I need uh, some fan belts for my car to, oh. to repair my snowmobile or what have you. They they travel by snowmobile everywhere. Everywhere. So when they're outside, they're outside, man. They're not. There's no like heated trucks where they're driving yeah. around in. No, sir. No, it's yeah. it's it's a crazy hard life. Yeah, but they like it. They do like it. Well, this this one lady is really fascinating because she's such. I mean, it's hard to tell what someone's really like when you got a camera in their face. Yeah, it's hard to tell who they are if they're relaxed and you're just talking to them. Like sometimes it takes months to get to know someone to find you know what 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 goes on behind the scenes inside of their head. Mm -hmm. So it, you don't really know that lady that well from watching her on that show. But what you can tell is it's there's something that she's enjoying about being up there in this really scary environment where she's already been attacked by a fucking bear. I mean, Jesus, she got attacked by, and those are grizzly bears. These yeah. are the big brown bears. They're not like black bears that you could scare away. Like they're 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 to fuck you up. Yeah, 
she hunts caribou and fucking small birds and whatever she could find up there. That's where she gets her meat. You think the bear was like, I see your beard, I'll give you a break. We both have beards. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think the bear, uh, she probably shot him or something. I don't know what the uh, full story is. That's such a, like, there's not really much topping badass stories Mm -hmm. as much as I I got attacked by a bear and I fucked, like, I killed that bear. Yeah. Like, what's a better story than that? Maybe a shark? Uh, Yeah, but sharks, the the idea of you fighting off a shark. It's crazy. You don't have much chance. Yeah, but if you did, if you're like, you know, that's why I got this half arm right here. It's like if a shark kicks your ass on a shore. On a shore, yeah. Say if you have a giant knife in your hand Mm -hmm. and the shark kicks your ass on a shore. It'd be like, the shark deserves it. Yes. Because you were just fucking... Well, how's a shark going to get you on the ground? You could take a great white shark, put it on the beach. I will fuck that thing up. Sure. There's no chance. Yeah. I will get behind him and I'll stab him right in his stupid brain. Yep. I'll find it, a little pea brain. I'll chop away at the top of his head. Do a dance afterwards. And I'm sure he'll open his jaws and shit. Whatever, dude. You're not in the ocean. You're fucked. This is my world, bitch. My house. Yeah. You're not going to bite me. Uh -uh. I'm going to stick fucking a knife in your brain and then I'm going to eat you. Yeah. But if you're in the water, you have about the same amount of chance, except the only thing that saves you is that sharks are stupid. So if there's some way that you could like jab it in the nose with like a, mm-hmm. a harpoon, if you had like one of those f- fish harpoons, like mm-hmm. dudes who go, um, what do they call it, uh, spear fishing? Yeah, like shoot the yeah. spears. Sure. Yeah, the spear guns. If you could like stab it in the nose with that, you might be able to get it the fuck away from you because you know that they're kind of sensitive in their nose. But you mm. might not. Yeah, most likely you will probably not. Most likely you'll miss. Yeah, and it'll bite your arm off and you'll bleed out. You know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They swim pretty fucking fast too. Unless you can swim like 40 miles an hour, which I don't think... Some homeless guy in California yesterday got attacked by a mountain lion. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, a guy got fucked up. Still alive. Homeless guy, was he hiking? Yeah, he was outside. He was like camping. He got attacked by a mountain lion. Wow. Yeah, not good. They're, you know... Unusual homeless activity. They're going to have more and more of that. They they don't really camp when they're homeless. It's more just homeless. (laughs) They're always camping. (laughs) They're the best campers. Homeless people are constantly camping. Well, it depends on what kind of homeless, obviously. This guy, it seems like he might have been a a crazy person. Had a a long week of being homeless in the city. I'm going to go up to the hills for a little bit. Yeah, man. A little me time. (laughs) That ain't fun, man. No, that sucks. It's going to happen more. You know, this is something we talked about on uh, the Opie and Anthony show when we were in New York. Yeah. We talked about uh, mountain lion attacks. and Yeah, man. And uh, here there's a... Sexy group of people right there. Yeah, that was... Uh, Who's that guy in the back? Oh, that's That's me. Tommy Buns, uh, Ricky Gervais, Jim Norton, and Opie and Anthony and, and us. A what lot a of fun, fun room, man. Fuck yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was a good time. It was yeah. so cool meeting. I'm a big fan of Ricky Gervais. Yeah, he's a nice guy, man. Super nice Very guy. nice guy. Real easy to talk to. Very interesting wolf fact that you learned also about that the, the, the jaw... The biting? Yeah, that they have a bite that's like five times more powerful than a pit bull. I couldn't hear believe that? Yeah. it. I couldn't believe that either, man. Crazy. I definitely thought he was making that exaggerating. up. Exaggerating. Yeah, exaggerating it. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes it's not, you know, it's sometimes it's like someone tells you something that's just not correct. Right. And you repeat it. I've done that before. Of course. And sometimes, you know, you, you're not even intending to, like, mislead. You, you heard something and or you, you think you remember the number and you're like, I think it's yeah. this number. And you just throw it out. I've but, done that. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be bigger. Obviously, I think a wolf bites harder. Yeah, but I didn't think it was going to be five times. Five I mean, that's times. fucking snap. bananas. Wasn't it snap elk, elk bones? Elk. Yeah. <laughs> they can snap the leg bone of an elk. That's wow. insane. Yeah, what a crazy animal. Yeah. <laughs> you know the idea that people think that's a dog. That's so silly. And now, when you think about like just that, whatever you already knew about them, you think about that added stat, 
and you think about the fact that they hunt in packs, mm-hmm. think about three or four of those mouths, what, those, what that's possible of doing in how quick amount of time. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, those, they ambush you. Yeah. They, you know, they come this way, that way, and pretty soon you're looking around like, oh, shit. And that's what happens to animals, you know. They get they get trapped. It's so funny. Uh, Steve Rinella, my friend, the uh, hunter guy from the show Meat Eater, was talking about uh, there was this um, uh, this one thing uh, where, where people were talking about running uh, and, and trying to keep up with wolves. And like, could a man try to keep up with a wolf? Right. And one of the ways that they tested it is they took these wolf dogs and they let these wolf dogs go. And then they had these people run through the mountains and like see if they can keep up with the wolf dogs. Like, you know, see, uh, like, wolves can run faster, but sometimes people can run longer mm-hmm. and steadier pace. Well, it, the, the wolf's dogs, wolf dogs are not wolves. And he right. was like, the way he described it is like, that's like taking an alien. And an alien comes down and finds the fattest, most out of shape guy with the worst diet and says, run as fast as you can. We want to see how fast humans can run. Oh, really? <laughs> That's the equivalent of that? <laughs> isn't that a great, yeah. yeah. Like, isn't that a great analogy? Because he goes, yeah. a, a wolf is a wolf. These right. are, they're not dogs. They're not getting fed. Right. They're out there running down elk and biting their legs in half. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, this is not, it's a, whole different it's not thing. a wolf dog. Yeah. They're fucking wolves. <laughs> Did you watch uh, this? Past season of Eastbound and Down when he gets uh, he gets his kid a wolf. Did you see that or no? No. Oh, you didn't. See? It's so ridiculous. Did you see that, Brian? Like, yeah. He um, uh, what's his name? McBride. Uh, Kenny Powers mm-hmm. gets his kids a pet wolf, and like, <laughs> and like he just keeps it in the garage. And he's like, Oh Jesus Christ! And it's it's on like a big chain, like a big like a like oh. a chain fence is keeping it oh, my padlocked. God. And it's just like salivating, like <laughs> growling at the kids. And he's oh, like, Go feed God. it. And they like have to throw meat at the at the wolf. It's so Such ridiculous. a great show. Yeah. So oh, yeah, this is what he. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he got. This is so his, ridiculous. Because they're goddamn oral traditions, but seems legit to me. You know, I'm not so sure that this is a good gift for five-year-olds. Well, come on, it was a perfect gift for Toby. With my new high-paying television job, I'm not going to be around the house as much as I'd like to be. So it's very important that Toby has a strong male role model so it doesn't turn out weird. Toby's going to serve as a spirit guide. Spirit guide. Spirit guide. motherfucker. Because <laughs> of this opportunity, our family's going to be taken care of forever. Who knows? Next stop, Space Camp. Fucking stupid show. That show is so funny. So good. So funny. It's such a good show. That dude is goddamn hilarious. He's hysterical, man. Did you see him in This is the End? Yes. Holy shit, is he good. I mean, that movie, I I ran into, uh, um, uh, what the fuck's his name? Craig Robinson. The other night at the uh, at the improv, who's mm-hmm. in it? Whereas I was telling him, I go, dude, that movie is so goddamn funny, and you were so funny in it, you know. And uh, we were talking about the Kenny Power scene, like when he comes in, when he, I mean, like the movie's outstanding, and then yeah. he comes in, and they just the whole thing goes to this whole whole new level of craziness. He's hilarious, man. Oh, this guy's character. I love that character. Kenny Powers, that really cocky, yeah, fucking complete idiot character, but just subtle enough of an idiot, yeah. that like that kind of shit. You know, I'm not going to be around a lot. So it's important <laughs> that he has a strong role model. <laughs> Doesn't grow up to be a pansy. He's oh. such. He's such a buffoon. It's so fucking funny. Those kind of characters are really funny, man. You know the best part about that character? I read interviews with him and like uh, the other guys. The uh, uh, Jody Hill, I think, and, and Ben. I can't remember his name, but they like all are behind this, and they're saying like how you know a lot of people <laughs> appreciate the character and think it's funny for what it is, and then some people are big fans on another level where they're like, yeah, he's right. Like Kane Powers is 
That's how I think too. <laughs> like they're that kind of fan where they're like, "Fuck yeah, man!" Yeah. That's exactly how I am. And that's, like, we're yeah. fucking Americans, man. Yeah, yeah, that's who we are. Hundred percent tired of this bullshit. Getting a wolf for my kid too. <laughs> it's fucking badass. You know your shit, Kenny. Yeah, it's annoying if that dude's your fucking neighbor, but on TV they're awesome. Awesome. Yeah, fucking phenomenal. It's but it's almost better than a reality show. Because of a reality show, like if you had a guy like Kenny Powers and you gave him a reality show, he would become famous and he would yeah. get annoying. Like, essentially, that's what you got with the Duck Dynasty people. Yeah. You got a reality show where, oh, whoops, you made someone famous who's a fucking idiot and a homophobe. Yeah. And he will, I don't get it. Why would a man choose a man's? Yeah. They're not choosing dummy. You yeah. know, but now this guy's on TV, he's famous, and then you look on Facebook, and you got all these knuckleheads with their fucking, what about freedom of speech? Yeah. You know, I support Duck Dynasty and the Fourth Amendment, whatever amendment it is, First Amendment. Mm. Bitch, you didn't read the Constitution, shut your hole. I know, and that, sh- that show, I don't, I, I'm amazed. I mean, I get that, like. Stupid as fuck. The fact that, like, that they're, you know, you're following this family and you feel like this is how they really are, it's all setups. Like, the show is, like, Way overproduced. Where so obvious. All those guys were at AVN. Even that was creepy. They were just hanging out at AVN. Like they Duck have Dynasty guys. They have set up Tech Dynasty guys with their du- duck beards. Yeah, it was really weird. They at were AVNs. at AVN, which at is the porn awards. Porn awards. They were there like the weekend. Why were they there? Because they. That's the cool thing to do if you're the Duck Dynasty. Guys. So they were there <laughs> for the whole weekend doing press, or no? They were out? just hanging out. They like porn. and they were at porn events. So they're normal. <laughs> yeah, they like watching people fuck. Good yeah. for them. The, yeah, you know, a lot of that, but just not men's anuses. This, the, the, this just it is essentially like a Kenny Powers in real life. That's the problem with them in real life. Is right my point. Yes, so it's exactly. like having a guy like this in in a TV show, mm-hmm. Eastbound and Down, is actually even better because it's so good. It's better than a reality show. Sure. Because a reality show, you'd be making that asshole famous, right? And there'd be people on Facebook. I fucking agree with him, man. Yeah. I support him. <laughs> Fucking support the shit out of him and his right as an American. Yeah, you know these these ideas that what is this? This is Will Ferrell and Kenny Powers. Will Ferrell owns a car dealership. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> it's the best fucking shit ever. Is this uh, from Eastbound and Down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to watch that whole season, man. Yeah. I really do. But um, yeah, there's a lot of those people in real life, and sometimes folks, all they need is like one example like that. And that a little shift, like you could have people on the fence who are just thinking about like r- waking up and going, you know, what do I care if someone's gay, man? What 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 is it in me that gets mad about these gay people? Yeah. And why 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 do I you know say they're gonna burn in hell? Maybe I should just fucking relax. And then they see that guy on TV and they see he's been kicked off TV. You know what? That's it. I'm fucking headed up to here with these queers. Like, there's a tipping point. Where a guy like that on a television show and that that whole debate getting out there without any real rational response from either the media, from A and E, from anybody. No, no one like gets on TV and says, "Look, we're here to make like a, a big statement about this. This is what's wrong with this, mm-hmm. and this is why we have a problem with it." Okay, it's not about freedom of speech. It's not about speaking your mind. It's about what's on your mind, man. Right. What is on your mind? Your your mind is that they're going to burn in hell? Your your mind is some fire and brimstone yeah. if someone is in love with another man and marries him? You're an idiot, okay? You're a dangerous idiot. You, you, you're taking people that I know for a fact are born that way. I'm no scientist, but I know a gay kid in my neighborhood. He's five. Mm-hmm. He's fucking gay. 
Okay, there's nothing wrong with that, but he's gay. This kid's gay. His parents are trying to get him to play football. He doesn't want to have nothing to do with football. He's always dressing up in dresses. He puts girls' clothes on. He plays with dolls. He's a gay kid, okay? He, he, he likes boys. It's, it's a, the, the weirdest thing to see from the jump, but his parents are very supportive. You know, I mean, they, they wanted him to try boy things. He's not really into it, but there's no hate going on, so he's going to be okay. I haven't tried beating him out of him yet? <laughs> no, but yeah. what, what happens if a kid like that is watching television and he realizes he's gay and, you know, maybe he's 12 or 13, he's, he's just thinking about sex and he's watching this and he feels horrible about himself. Which he probably does because that definitely happened, you know? Right, uh, over nothing, over yeah. something he can't control. Yeah. Over something he's born with. That's why it's dangerous. It's just as dangerous as being critical about people for a bunch of other things they can't control. It's just right. as dangerous as being racist. Yeah. People don't understand that. They don't see it that way. But a, a, a person, I don't know why anybody would want to choose to hang out with a black man over hanging out with a white man yeah. i mean i just don't get it there's more there that's the same statement that's yeah. the same statement it right. really is yeah yeah yeah. there's that, no difference man that's the parallel when people talk about like oh you know you have, it's not the same thing you've been through and are, are like comparing the civil rights yeah movement to this but like what you're the thing that's similar is that you're just you're trying to put down and isolate a group of people for something that they can't control uh, because you don't want any part of that. So that's the the parallel is that, you know, whether you're, you don't want to hang around or, or you want to put down black people or Asian people or whoever it may be, that's the same thing as putting down somebody and not wanting them to have the rights just because they were born with a certain sexual orientation. That's yeah. the parallel. Well, the, the people don't want anyone to make the comparisons to civil rights. They don't want anyone to be able to yeah, compare then they're like, oh, to we really slavery. are wrong. Well, no, because no, because uh, what I'm saying is people, like civil rights people don't like it because they feel that it somehow or another diminishes the, the, the horrors of slavery. Right. Like there's an issue that people have with like comparing something to racism. You know, and black people in particular have an issue with gay people comparing themselves and the plight of gay Americans to racism. Mm -hmm. they, I've, I've seen it. I've heard people like scream and yell about it, about it's not the same and fuck you and, you know, and, yeah. and, and gay, some people gay is a choice. I've seen a lot of weirdness, almost as if it, they're worried that it somehow or another diminishes what's horrible about slavery, right. which is ridiculous. Slavery was horrible, still is. Racism was horrible, still is. But so is homophobia. That's just as horrible. Yeah. Like, but the people that think it's not, it's just because you're not gay. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. If that was who you are and people were angry about who you are, it would be just as bad as you being born Chinese and people hate Chinese people. And you're like, what the fuck, man? I didn't do anything. You hate me because of the way I was born? Yeah. It's the same goddamn thing. You know, and the idea is, well, oh, yeah, well, nobody ever owned gay people. But they, they killed them. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible that you should be put to death for lying with another man. You don't think that they've been persecuted? It's, it's, it, there's a hundred different religions where it's illegal or against their rules to be gay. Yeah. I mean, you could start with, being, with Islam and work your way up through a, a bunch of other different well, ones. Well, there's, there's countries that don't even... Yeah. I mean, in, in, Russia. I think, fucking yeah, Russia. Russia. Is, that's insane. Insane. That, yeah, that Russia is... Uh, did you see for this... Uh, they have discriminatory laws against gay people. They do. They I mean... And they... Um, uh, Putin came out, because um, we were about to have the Winter Olympics there, and said that, like, gay athletes have nothing to worry about. Like, they're not going to be discriminated against when they're in, the, in Russia for the Winter Olympics. But, um, you know, like, rules still apply where, like, you're, you, you, the, you're not supposed to be talking about it to anybody and, and giving your opinions on 
So, like, we're not going to do anything to you because you're gay and you're here, but don't be talking about it. Yeah, and, and stay away from kids. And stay away from kids, which yeah. was the most, yeah. Really? Whoa. Yeah, that was the, that's the part that I, I didn't Fucking, mention. Fucking, that's yeah. a big whoa. That's a big whoa. Yeah, big I mean, whoa. look, they are fostering an environment of hate and fear. We should look at that very carefully mm -hmm. as, as people that understand human nature, okay? Let's look at what you would want if you were trying to dominate a nation and control it in a sort of a dictatorship form. Yeah. Which is essentially what Putin's got going on there. Yeah. Call, I mean, say he was voted in or what. The guy's not going anywhere if he get voted out. You know, I mean, he left his term, put in someone who worked for him, and then took over again after that guy yeah. was gone. I mean, he's running Russia, okay? Yeah, definitely. The way to run, the way to be a dictator, and the way to run an empire is through fear, through mm -hmm. control and fear. And as many enemies as you have that you have to protect the people from, the better. And so one of the things that dictators do is they start pushing people against other people. If you can get people to be interconflicted amongst the ranks of the normal civilians, you can guarantee that they're going to be busy. They're going to have conflict. They're not going to be able to deal with taxes or the rules or the military choices the military is making. They're so busy with their own shit, yeah. worried about these people going after this group and this ethnic group going after that group. And, you know, the gays are going to touch their kids. I mean, there's and then, you know, fostering violence against gay people is going to foster anger from gay people against straight people. I mean, it's, there's a blowback on yeah. both sides. They, they, you guarantee conflict. Yeah, it's so, it's so, uh, it guarantees that conflict. It's so crazy, outrageous to, uh, you know, suggest, like, imply that gays will want children, you know? Like, yeah. the idea that It's almost not, like he's trolling. Yeah, like, the idea that they're not, uh, you know, adults with natural, you know, sexual behavior just happens to be through a different group, but that they would be not be able to control themselves yeah. and be, and be uh, attracted to. It's so it's stupid. so crazy. It's so crazy and so stupid. I think a, a thing, by the way, about like why you uh, you say black people sometimes get um, more fired up about the comparison is, in my experience, a lot of uh, black people they come from like really Christian homes view they're more intolerant towards. Gay people, a lot of times. The ones who come from really Christian homes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Well, that's what happened with uh, Proposition 8 in California. I mean, that was a real embarrassment where they repealed gay people's right to, to, to marry. And that mm -hmm. was an embarrassment. And a disproportionate amount of black people voted for that. Yeah. It's, it, was, it was a weird number. It was like over 50%. But I think even like outside of the Christian homes, you would find, uh, I think in a lot, in a lot of cases, uh, more... Uh, homophobia in the black community. I think it exists more. That's so weird. Yeah, I do. I think it does. How much black work have you done? I, uh, I'm done very... I can dance. I can do a lot of things. Um, did, did, I'm saying that, like, you know, where black, you people, black people are 13% of our population. And what I'm all I'm saying is that I think a bigger percentage of the population is homophobic. I'm getting it from just having spoken and, and been exposed to a lot of... Uh, Black people. So. What's amazing, apparently, uh, a lot of these uh, African American churches were uh, they, they organized drives to vote against Proposition right. Eight. But I was saying that, like the, the the church community is bigger in Black culture. Like going to the like, like that's a bigger thing, and I think that that they're pretty openly most of the time saying that it's bad that you know gays are bad. So I think that that kind of breeds 
that homophobia more in that community. I'm not saying that all black people are homophobic or that they're all preaching that and all doing that. I'm saying that I think that exists more in that culture, in that community. Well, that's interesting. Um, there's, uh, th- there's not just that, but Mormons also spend a lot of money. Mormons very much. I mean, I think a lot of people have given the credit to the Mormons for defeating that Prop 8, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they put a lot of money into it, apparently. Yeah. Which is, I had a joke about it in uh, Talking Monkeys in Space. Oh, yeah, about... about um, that Mormons should be afraid of yeah. gay people because if you're Some, dumb enough to be a Mormon... Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. That was really <laughs> Pretty funny. much, someone could talk you to being a Mormon, they could talk you to suck of their dick. Yeah. Right? It's, just, <laughs> it's just a matter of how yeah. much time they spend with you. Yeah, and then you break down the uh, the whole, you know, what Mormonism is. Mm-hmm. Like, which is like, right, isn't it the guy was like... No, I got all the rules. They gave them to me. But, you know, what's interesting is that this um, this also becomes a, another point of contention because now now black people are being persecuted by gay people. Right. I mean, it puts this weird thing. It's so there's almost, another battle taking place. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't believe in those kind of conspiracies mm-hmm. necessarily that, like, the whole social structure of this country is organized, keep people poor so there's conflict and keep people rich so that they keep voting for corporations and they want to protect their wealth and yeah. this is and keep the, 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 the divide between the two and every now and then, you know, organize chaos in a way that we were sort of kind of hinting that maybe Putin or someone does. But mm-hmm. if you were going to do it, this is the way to do it. Yeah. The way to do it is to, to take like what's your ordinary, like liberals. Okay, let's, let's break down liberals. Liberals, like left wing, they're almost always voting pro-minority. Mm-hmm. They vote pro-minority and almost always pro-gay rights. Mm-hmm. So what better to separate that mess and, and, and cause confusion amongst the ranks is to get those two factors on your enemy, these two like static, constant factors, and have them duking it out. Right. So now you have people who support gay rights and people that support you know, the, the idea that p- gay should be married duking it out with, with black people. With minorities and Christian minorities who almost universally vote Democratic. So it's like, whoa, you would, that was a tricky thing you did there. Oh, right. Because by causing trouble between those groups of people, you essentially weaken the entire party. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. If you, if you connect black people and gay people, that black people keep gay people from voting, the whole left wing becomes a, a fucking mess. Right. It becomes chaos because white guilt runs rampant through through the left, like through like Democrats, like yeah. so many, especially educated Democrats who are filled with white guilt yeah. and they don't want to come down on black people and they don't want to come down on black people even for something as heinous as Proposition 8. Yeah. Because if Proposition 8 was being supported by a bunch of church going white people, mm-hmm. much more like if it was being read, you know, strictly by... Baptists, but white Baptists, yep. and there was all these white Baptist leaders on TV talk. You would marginalize them as fools, as buffoons. They would joke about them, and co- but people weren't doing that about black people. Right? It was this weird sort of like touchy subject, tough to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't see people like mocking all these black people, like it, whether it's on the Daily Show or whether it's on any of these uh, left wing websites. They weren't mocking black people for for the majority of them voting for this. Right? Yeah, you didn't you didn't see that. No, it's, it's tr- it, the whole the whole thing gets very tricky. Yeah, there's um, it's interesting too. Like, uh, you know, the big thing now is is for the last few years, people trying to figure out, you know, how the Republican Party can um, re- re- really compete again, win the uh, win the White House, and win 
certain other elections. And one of the things that keeps being brought up is that the younger there's there's certain like um, constants right among the left and the right. Like if you go abortion, like you know who's mm. pro life, who's pro choice, and when with the the gay thing is that the far right won't let you know support that right mm. they're not going to support it but the younger generation of new voters even ones who are conservative have conservative values grew up in a world where it's more in like welcoming to the gay community mm-hmm. and and they're they're not necessarily like moderate ones can be i tell you you're always going to try to win over right somebody who can not an extremist mm-hmm. they're leaning left now younger voters because of some of these extreme constants and so it's like if the if that party the right could embrace something like that would that even the playing field for them i, I think it most certainly would. yeah and would they then be able to compete more for these maybe younger voters that you know the more open-minded young people who feel like that's a basic right mm-hmm. it's kind of an interesting way to look at it like if you change your position on that do you then get somebody who you want elected. You get a lot of the no-nonsense people that just happen to vote left because of uh, social issues. Right. You would get those. And yeah. that's, that's a pretty substantial number. 70% of black people voted in favor for Proposition 8. Wow. 70% of people, of black people, voted that gay people shouldn't be allowed to be married and that they should take that right away from them. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. That's fucking gross. Mm. That's gross and terrifying. It's funny because I'm reading an article on Huffington Post. Stop blaming California's black voters for Proposition 8. That's what it says? Yeah. Okay. Don't blame them because a lot of other people voted for it as well. But if you don't think that it's embarrassing and gross that 70% of black people voted for some silly law that takes away the right for people that are in love to get married. I think maybe it is because if, I mean, obviously it's religious. That's the big thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's the big thing. Maybe it's like black dudes just don't want to get married at all. They're like, man, fuck this. No one should get married. Let's <laughs> stop it with gay people. <laughs> if if less of them get married, less of us have to get married. Let's that's cut the, the black shit. agenda. I'm tired let's, of divorce, let's end dude. Marriage, man. I'm tired of divorce. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's just it's just how people are raised. I think that's so. All it is. Yeah, and I mean that's people change later on in life. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're young, you, you think a certain way, and then. If, uh, you know, some of those people will be converted to thinking differently with time. But you it, know, the, the, anybody, you can have your own ideas in this life. You can have your own thoughts and you can have your own unique point of view. The real problem is when your ideas start fucking with other people's lives for no reason. When yeah. your ideas are based on just some shit that you believe that's 2,000 plus years old that, no, well, like, if you want to believe like the gay thing in the Bible, man, you're really cherry picking because there's a lot of other shit in there too, along with gay people. Like you're not supposed to wear two different types of clothes. Like you're not supposed to wear like silk and cotton. That's like punishable by you know sins upon your life or smash know. your hand with yeah, rocks. I mean, there's some some great old you know sayings yeah. that they yeah. uh, used to say. But one of them is like you threaten with death if you rend your clothes, if you tear your clothes. So like people who have like holes where their knees are and shit like that, fashion in the Bible, you're supposed to die for that. You're supposed to be put to death for that. Man. You know. There's some neighborhoods we could really wipe out right now. <laughs> we could go in there and clean house. You're gone, Silver Lake. Yeah. Well, Silver Lake doesn't do that anymore. Do oh, they have a new fashion? Yeah, they're uh, cardigans now, right? Oh, shit, maybe. Aren't they like all hipsters? Here's 19 things the Bible for- forbids 
uh, other than homosexuality. I put this on uh, Twitter the other day because it's just, it's so fucking silly. Here's the, the exact quote in Leviticus. Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, yet ye die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. Okay, so if you, if you don't uncover not your heads, which means don't uncover your head, keep your head covered. Got it. Okay, if you don't keep your head covered, that means you're going to die and wrath will come upon all the people. So everyone not wearing a hat, you fucked us up. Imagine if that was the key, that all we had to do was all wear hats, and God was like, good, good, peace on earth. I love hats. I, told, I wrote that shit down a long time ago. You motherfuckers didn't listen. Everyone's <laughs> caught up in this gay shit. <laughs> yes, I, I, don't, I want hats. I want fucking everyone wearing a hat. Wear a hat. By God, God's orders are wear kangles. I got stock in that company. It's like God's hairnet. Like if you work in a restaurant, you have to wear a hairnet. I don't yeah, see yeah, exactly. God's like, you don't wear hats, you fuck. Make a soup over here, man. Make no mistake, folks. I'm not. I'm not. This is. I'm not paraphrasing. I'm d- directly quoting this from the English translation of the Bible. Uncover not your heads. Mm. Jesus. Maybe it meant your other head. Yeah, maybe. That makes maybe more keeps sense. your dick covered, but no, don't, they didn't call that a head back then. <laughs> they called it a mushroom cap. They thought it was a mushroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not supposed to trim your beard, by the way. Neither shall thou mar the corners of thy beard. Oh. How come they're not going crazy about that? The President of the United States is clearly shaving his beard. Death will come upon us. It's not convenient. So fucking stupid. You know what's even more stupid? Mm. Really religious people with religious tattoos. Because that's in the Bible too, fuckface. You're not supposed to get tattoos. Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Cuts in your flesh for the dead. Like instead of like like marking, like have yeah. a, a picture of your mom. Like Eddie Bravo's got a, uh, Kat Von D did a tattoo of his grandma on his chest. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it reminds him of his grandma. Against the Bible! Death. Yeah, man. You're not supposed to. I mean, that's exa- essentially what it is. You print something on you. So it's if we tattoo. followed all the rules of the Bible, it would just be like a murderous rampage constantly. We would be so Slaughtering fucked. everybody. Everyone would be fucked. Well, how about every Catholic would go, would burn at the stake? Okay, oh, right. you'd all die in hell because you're not supposed to drink wine in church, right? Mm. You're not you're not supposed to do that. It says in the Bible, Leviticus ten nine, do not drink wine nor strong drink, though. It's so weird. Nor thy sons were with thee when ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. Okay, so what that means is you drink wine in church, you die. But everybody drinks wine in church. Part of the Holy Sacrament. Was there even a quote that he said, like, I don't even want you to make a church. I'd rather you... Yes. Well, that was Jesus. Jesus. See, the Jesus stuff is very... It's it's much different. (laughs) The Jesus stuff... You got to get your piss on? The Jesus stuff is very different because Jesus and most of, like, what a lot of people quote about that is all from the New Testament. And the New Testament is even sketchier than the Old Testament. The Old Testament is sketchy because it was originally written in ancient Hebrew, and the oldest versions of some of these stories are actually the Dead Sea Scrolls, which are written in Aramaic. And they're actually on animal skins that they found in an area of uh, Israel called Qumran. And they found these clay pots, and inside these clay pots, they found these ancient, ancient scrolls. And some of them are so fucked up that they have to piece them together with like tweezers. And, they have to, and they've spent years and years and years and years deciphering these things, man. And, you know, you can see them online, actually. They have photos. Let me see. I think there's a website, Dead Sea Scrolls Online. But 
that's the only version of the Bible that's in Aramaic. Yeah, Dead Sea Scrolls Online, it's actually DSS. Um, the website is dss.collections.img.org. Just look up Dead Sea Scrolls Online and Google. New address. Yeah, that shit's ridiculous. Well, it's some academic. But you can read these scrolls. Like, click on each one, Brian, and you can actually get an image of the actual scroll itself. Wow. And uh, all that stuff's on animal skins. So this is in Aramaic, which is the only version of the Bible I think that they know of that's in Aramaic. So all this shit that we're, uh, we're reading here is the stuff that's from uh, essentially the oldest stories of the Bible. The New Testament was actually commissioned by Constantine, there's like the pieces, Roman Emperor Constantine. There's big chunks missing of from course. this. Like, so there, it could be like a word that says don't instead mm. of do it. You know what I mean? Like, well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's clearly, you know, they don't have the full work, but it's pretty amazing that they even have that because, you, you know, this is thousands and thousands and thousands of years old, and it's made out of an animal skin. I mean, it's, it's really pretty incredible that it exists at all. I mean, even if it's only pieces of it, but it's so cool that they found this shit in clay pots. And these, of course, were stories that were told in like an oral tradition for a thousand years before anybody figured out how to write them down. But then you're dealing with the New Testament, which was Constantine and a bunch of bishops put together. So it's much more recent. They actually know who the people were who put it together. And it was all like way after Jesus was dead. Isn't that crazy, though, when you think about... Like, when you really stop and think about the fact that, like, some dudes put mm-hmm. this, wrote this down. And Not just some dudes, but an emperor who clearly wanted to convert all of his people to Christianity to control them. But that we still are like, well, this is, this is what we, yeah. the thing we got to follow. Well, the dude, Constantine, didn't even get baptized until, like, right before he died. Like, you know, I mean... I think, you know, he had to get baptized so that the next people could say, no, 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 we, we got him. He's good. You know, stay Christian. Everyone stays Christian. Yeah, yeah. Because if he dies and he's not baptized, you have to admit to the entire world that this guy, you know, somehow or another is going to hell. The mm-hmm. guy who converted everybody to Christianity ran the Roman Empire that way. And yeah. hired all these bishops to put together the Bible. That's where the New Testament comes from. So when you're dealing with the New Testament, you're dealing with an even squirrelier piece of work. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like the, what dubious fucking origins. Like, you're telling me Constantine's got a direct line to God? Some murderous Roman Empire guy? He's got a direct line to God? Bitch. Get out of here. Just get the fuck out of here. Get my you know? face right The now. oldest, oldest shit is ridiculous. The newer, older <laughs> shit is ridiculous. Yeah. If there was no Bible at all, man, somebody would try to make one up. Of course. Some, some dude would be uh, right now right. Do you ever it. think about, you know how every year or a few years a, a story will come about? Where a guy's like, I'm Christ, like, I'm Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, whatever, he'll fucking die in a shootout or some shit or get arrested. Uh, do you ever think about the fact that, like, 2,000 years ago, somebody could have been like, I'm God, and that that's that guy? It's yeah. just that it happened long ago <laughs> mm-hmm. and nothing happened to well, him? Well, of course, if, you just, like, if you're just really good at it, yeah. you could dominate a, a huge group of people. and. Yeah. By the way, you could also have some really cool shit to say as well as being a fucking nut, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like Deepak Chopra. Like Deepak Chopra, yeah. we are talking about him on ONA. Yeah. He's got some really cool shit to say. He's a silly man. He says a lot of silly shit. Like, uh, I used to be an atheist until I realized I was God. That was one of his quotes. Because we're all God? Is that that kind of What thing? the fuck ever? Shut up. You're not God. You know? Turn some water into wine. But Joe, you can't you do it? You don't Shut understand. your mouth. We're all God. You're yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. 
That's silly. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Don't say shit like that. It's stupid. It makes people marginalize you. Marginalize is the whole idea of universal consciousness when you talk in such fucking vague and silly terms. Well, Joseph. I oh, we're all that. God. Oh, please, go on. Go on with your Gucci sunglasses. Simulation theory, you're God, though, if it, that was true. Well, simulation theory, no. You're a part of a program, um, and you are, you're running this program somehow or another in the background. That's the simulation theory. It's not that you're, you're thinking of, like, the secret more. You're thinking instead of simulation theory, you think of the power of suggestion or the power of uh, positive thinking or the idea. I was thinking of me somewhere in the future, just sitting there watching myself sleep or, you know, like uh, I'm the one that started the program and I'm kind of playing a game right now of my of me right here you know what i mean i don't think anybody thinks that i think that that you created this whole thing i think that somewhere in the future i'm sitting here doing a simulation of myself well i don't think Whoa. people think that they created it i think most people think that it's just something that's running that you're a part of right. but if you think that you actually created it itself you know why don't you know how to create anything now like how come you're not like a computer programmer you, you lost all that knowledge in the simulation no because this this me is just a program so the you, it's like you can marginalize mm. yourself in your computer program. So right. you could be like some super genius who knows all and say, I am going to give myself limited knowledge and information in this oh, life. That's a, a realistic as, simulation. As a, as a goof to make life more difficult, I'm going to make myself really dumb and lazy. And I'm going <laughs> to give myself a club foot. And yeah. I'm going to give myself uh, one hand that works, another hand that's like semi-paralyzed from birth. Like, it's so crazy. Like, that, that we're all doing it. We're all creating our own universe and just some people did a really shitty job of designing themselves no that's just to make it look realistic you have to have like legless people around there just okay so they're not you so they're not right, real right that's melissa etheridge type thinking <laughs> is that what Remember, she thinks melissa etheridge that's, says that she gets true. on an airplane she's uh, really happy for all the other people on the airplane because she knows that airplane's not going to crash because she's on it because she's uh, sort of creating her world that's awesome. The power awesome. of suggestion. <laughs> I'm really, really proud of her. I love it. What about? Well, maybe she's right. You know, here's here's the thing. Mm. We're it's so it's so easy to, to goof on her or anybody who thinks that way, but we can't prove that that's not the case. We can't. We can't. We can't prove what uh, what kind of power your consciousness has over the world itself. We assume there's a lot of random factors that come into play in life whether it's with car accidents or meteor impacts or, you know, mm -hmm. disease, you name, you know, name it, fill in, the, fill in the blank. But we don't know that. And there's a lot of things about being a person that are very strange. There's a lot of things about our interactions with each other, about energy, about the, the amount of energy you put out and what you get back, the way you interact with humans and how do we not know that those things in some way or another, the way you interact with people, flavor not just your relationships with those people, but the entire reality that you live in? Mm -hmm. it's, it's very possible that there's more flexibility and that the, the world is more malleable than we think it is. And that we have everything defined in terms of what something weighs or how much distance this is. But these are just sort of crude static factors in uh, a constantly changing and moving world and the human mind interacting with that world may be might be much more significant than we think it is and it's one of the reasons why these ideas of quantum entanglement become so strange when you find out about these uh, theories of quantum mechanics and quantum physics and string theory and mm -hmm. super particles in superposition where they're moving and not moving at the same time, things blinking in and out of existence. So the lowest m measurable p 
portion of, of the universe that we can find, the lowest measurable, like the smallest, tiniest thing. It's magic. It's all magic. The, when you get into quantum mechanics, when you get into string theory, subatomic particles, when you get into like really complex mathematics and, and, and different experiments they do on the smallest, tiniest measurable parts of the world, it's all magic. It's all empty space. I mean, atoms are mostly empty space. Inside these subatomic particles, they, they're moving and they're still at the same time. They blink in and out of existence. They go somewhere and they disappear and then they come back. We have no idea where they go. Yeah. We just know they go somewhere. They exhibit magic. The lowest measurable part of the universe itself is magic. The smallest portions that we can measure are magic. So just because everything is big and this table's made out of oak and this microphone is metal, that, that doesn't mean shit. I mean, it means shit if I hit you over the head with this, it's going to fucking hurt because that's the rules we've chosen. Right. But the, the actual reality itself, it's very malleable. There's a lot of weirdness to the world. I don't think Melissa Etheridge is totally right. I think there's a lot of hubris involved in thinking that you have the answer and that you, you thinking good thoughts and you know this plane is never going to crash. I don't, I don't believe that. I mean, no. this is coming from also from a person who was suffered from cancer. So yeah. it's like, it's like, I don't, you know, I don't, I think, I think it's a self-serving philosophy to think that way. Yeah. You might be right, but to say you're right, I think it's crazy. Yeah. And you, you, you can't dictate. I mean, I think positive thinking is a good thing too. Yeah. It's not all safe because you walked in the room. But it might be. That's what's fucked. It might not be. Might be meaning it might be because it's her or it might be because of... Because of anybody. Anybody. Anybody who thinks a certain way. Anybody who lives their life with... It, I, it sounds like bullshit. Trust me. If people are going crazy right now listening to this, I agree with you. It sounds like bullshit. Most likely it's not true, but mm. it might be true. We can't prove that it's not. We don't know all of the interactions that the human mind and consciousness have on the universe itself. We don't know. We yeah. assume that it's simple as you are responsible for your life, yeah. you're responsible for your actions, you're responsible for where you drive and where you go to school and what comes out of your mouth. We assume that that is just a part of the mathematical interaction of human beings in this culture, in this society, in this civilization. But we're not totally sure. There, it's, it's, it is possible that your thinking and that your mind itself might affect reality because the reality that you see and the reality that I see is just what's in front of us. We assume that this is constantly going on behind the scenes. Yeah. We assume, you assume that when you go to home, when you, uh, you go home and you sit in front of the TV, you assume I exist. Right. Until I text you, you don't know for sure. Until right. you call me or we meet and we, we high five and get on a plane, go, go tell some jokes. We don't know that, that we exist. Right. We just assume, based on the evidence that I've uh, accumulated, when, yeah. when uh, I go home, I assume that you, Tommy Buns, live your life. But I don't know what the fuck you do. Right. The whole thing could be a joke. My life could be not real. In your world, I, I could be just what happens when you come around the program that is Joe Rogan. Right. I might not be real. You, you leave this room and you go out and this whole thing might shut down. Mm -hmm. And the only time it turns on is when you're watching. Yeah. Sort of like the difference between particles being observed and not being observed. They, have, they, they exhibit different behavior because they're interacting with whatever the fuck it is that measures them. It all goes back to reality is what you make of it. Maybe. Well, maybe, but I mean, it, it, you know, you can really, if you, dic if you decide to live your life within that thought that reality is what I make of it, you, you know, you dictate everything. 
You know, in a lot of ways, you yeah. Do. In a lot of ways, you do. You know, when people die, they always say they see the light, and they always see, I, uh, you know, when they come back to life, mm-hmm. when they die, they always see the light. They always see like I saw my f- family was all there, and it was all cloudy. People mm-hmm. were smoking weed. Yeah. What if? What if? Uh, weed. <laughs> what if that was just you waking up, going, "Oh yeah, this was a whole program that I did, and my family's here, and we're all just." Well, that's up. a joke that I used to do right. about the aliens. About like, well, that's what the the simulation theory. What it really is, the reason why aliens exist. That's mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Aliens are us in the future, and what we are is we're people that fucked up, and we evolved too far. We we eliminated all the fun out of the world. We eliminated sex, blowjobs, muscle cars, cigarettes. We exhibit. We took out whiskey. We we eliminated all human conflict, and what were what are we left with? We're left with boring bullshit. We don't have bodies. We have these weird stick bodies anymore. We don't have dicks. We, we, somewhere along the line, people realize that dicks and vaginas are causing huge fucking problems. Girl, there's, there's too many women out there that are getting pregnant to keep a man. There's too many men out there that are raping. There's mm-hmm. too much nonsense. There's too many people that are having babies that really don't support these children correctly. And so sex and sexual urges being what's responsible for breeding, we got we to gotta factor that out. We got to take that out of the equation. So one day, they, they got everything like changed and evolved to a point where they eliminated all the the variables in the world. They elim- they have too much power and they eliminated eliminated sex and emotions. And we don't like it. So we we plug ourselves in yeah. to an a simulated version of the roaring 20s of the digital age. It's not a coincidence that we are at this moment in time, the craziest moment the world has ever known, where the world and the universe is constantly changing every second of every day. It's not a coincidence at all. In fact, this is what we asked for. Mm-hmm. We asked to be born in this time. We, we right now, I mean, I said this on stage uh, Friday night, but I, I, I believe it. We live in the greatest time to be alive ever. This is the strangest, wildest, yeah. most, uh, they're, they're the most, possible, most possibility-filled time in life. There's so many things going on constantly. There was uh, something in the news today that the first monkeys were born that have, uh, they altered the genetics of them. There, here, I'll pull it up on on, on Twitter because this is uh, such a strange, strange um, scientific experiment. And people, when I posted it, everybody's like, wait a minute, isn't this how fucking Planet of the Apes got started? But it is how Planet of the Apes got started. These idea, first monkeys with customized DNA, programmed genetic mutations. So they are programmed genetic mutations, and these monkeys were born. So they, they, they're working on creating a perfect monkey. They're going to alter the genes of these monkeys, and they're going to continue to alter genes of the monkeys until essentially they have a monkey that's as smart as a fucking person. Really? Or a monkey that has a giant dick. Or a monkey that grows wings and flies like a bat. This program's in place? This is something that's being The monkeys are born. These monkeys are born. We live in a fantastic time. And the idea being that what the aliens are, when everybody has these archetypal experiences, it's always these things that look very similar to what you would expect human beings to eventually become. Mm -hmm. If you go back to the lower hominids, go back to monkeys, you go back to chimpanzees, you go back to the great apes, and you look at them in comparison to uh, us, what do you see? Well, they have more hair. They look much stronger. They're more vir- more, much more physically fit. You take the average person that say, works in an office, the average man, and you compare them to the, the great apes. They're all fat and they're, they're skinny. They have no muscle. Like, What is going to be next? What's going to be next? Well, 
what's going to be next is that we're going to continue the trend to not need brawn, to not need biological strength. The, the brains are going to get bigger. Telekinesis, the ability to control things with the mind, the ability to talk without using language, so the mouth is going to shrink up. The, the environment's going to be all fucked, so you're going to have to need built-in sunglasses. you get these fucking gigantic black eyes that are mm-hmm. going to evolve because we're going to ruin our fucking atmosphere. I mean, they literally are what we'd expect us to look like a million years from now. Yeah. We would expect human beings to slowly but surely evolve into that. If we used to be hairy little furry rodents, which is what we were, the idea of, you know, there was no primates 65 million years ago, okay? When the great uh, extinction event happened that killed off the dinosaurs, the giant piece of rock from the sky that hit the Yucatan, there was no primates. Mm -hmm. Primates somehow or another evolved out of that, out of the shrews and the monkey and the rats and whatever the fuck survived, whatever mammalian life form survived. It's so crazy to think of. That's only 65 million years ago, man. Oof. That's as far back as we know. For sure, there was no people, no, no, no way, no how. And it's a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. That's in, in terms of the universe, it's a blink of an eye 65 million years ago. Yeah. So we're so positive that things got wiped out at 65 million years ago. So positive. So positive that's when the dinosaurs died off. So from then on, somehow or another, people were created. That's nothing. Yeah. That's a, it's a goddamn blink of the eye. And if you look at how much different we look than the early monkeys, mm-hmm. what, what's next? Yeah. Is, aliens is next. That's next. It's 100% next. That's what you would think. If we're going to continue this trend of no hair, hair, hair loss on the arms and the body, people are getting less hairy, people are getting less strong, they're getting smaller, you're using your fingers and eventually going to use Google Glasses so you're just going to talk to it, eventually it's going to be able to read your mind so you don't have to talk, your fucking vocal cords are going to shrink up, we're going to all uh, agree to genetically alter ourselves so we don't have penises anymore. As soon as they come up with a fucking thing that you can program into that takes you on a wild sexual ride of simulation that you could never achieve with your actual real day. Dick, you'd be like, I don't need this stupid thing anymore. Right. Your dick is going to be just as dumb as a horse. Your dick is going to be like something that you're like, remember when people used to fuck with dicks? <laughs> you're going to laugh about it. Just like when sending a fucking pigeon with a note wrapped around its leg. Why would I do that when I can text you? You yeah. wouldn't. You yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. But what about the actual having the writing in your hand? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. The dude will send me a selfie with a big smile and a thumbs up and it gets to me in one second. Yeah. I have to rely on some stupid pigeon. That's going to be what sex becomes. Sex is going to become some silly thing that we don't need to do anymore because we're going to have some integrated pleasure system that's in our mind where we're going to be able to just go. You're going to be able to fuck anyone you want, man. You're going to be able to have insane sex with Christy Brinkley when she was 21. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to, you know, to, to fuck... The hottest woman on the planet. You're going to be able to have sex with beyond, 100 Beyonce's the Wu-Tang clan. in a room. The whole Wu-Tang Clan is going to suck your dick. Awesome. Whoever you want. Fuck You're going to literally be able to do whatever you want whenever you want to do it. Once they figure out, look, this Oculus Rift thing. What we're seeing when we see Oculus Rift is like the first photograph. Mm. Do you ever see those like first photographs mm. where they used to have like a thing? They would throw like a, a tent over their back. They'd be hiding in this box. You know, like, you ever see the really old cameras, the way they used oh, to right. set up? Oh, right, yeah, 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 that's right, They would right, yeah. throw, like, a towel over the top of their head. That's right. And they would point this thing, and everybody had to stay still for, yeah. like, a minute. Yeah. You sit there. Don't fucking move. Don't fucking yeah. move. Yeah. That's what we're seeing with Oculus Rift. What do you think physically will be the evolutionary change 
of humans. They'll shrink. You think yeah. we're, we're shrinking? Well, we're eventually going to get to the point where we don't need... Well, I mean, people are getting bigger mass. now, but yeah. that's because of protein. Right. It's protein intake, because people understand diet better. And yeah. as far as athletes, you got, you're got dealing with hormonal manipulation, growth hormone, testosterone. You're also dealing with massive uh, scientific advances in strength and conditioning training, and then also... There's some selective breeding, big people dating big people. There's, is that Christy Brinkley? Yeah, this she's is her today. 60. She's jamming. Jesus. Do you got to see her moving around, what? too? It's not what? an illusion. Yeah. It's not an illusion created by the uh, the photograph. I mean, she definitely looks like an older, mature woman, but yeah. I would send it home. <laughs> I would send it home. She's 60? Brinkley. Yep. Yeah, send nice. it home. I'd have to be real careful. Yeah. Because I am a fucking animal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You think you'd hurt her? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, Got that uh, hip strength. Yeah. Got lower back muscles. They're thick. They're yeah. cords. Mm. <laughs> hip uh, kettlebell swings. All that shit, Over son. Here. I do a lot of those. I do a lot of those. Do it with Christy. Oh, shit. But well, they're going to get to a point where I'm going to be able to reverse aging. That's un- unquestionably yeah. they're working on that. And they're they're already like doing tests on that on on other animals. I feel like this path is going to lead us to just be born and just lay down with a fucking monitor <laughs> or, or in front of us, like and just you sip your fucking nutrients in a cup and never stand up and just plug into whatever you want to be. We're gonna get our nutrients the same way those uh, wireless pads are. When you know you take one of those new cell phones, where you get <laughs> sit it on something yeah. and it just charges. You don't even have to plug it in. Mm-hmm. That's how we're gonna get our nutrients. Yeah. Our nutrients are gonna be delivered through our car seats. As we drive <laughs> to right work, up, yeah. we're gonna I get nutrients. You're gonna drive to work naked. And the nutrients are going to just be absorbed by your body skin. Mm. I mean, why not your skin? I mean, there's like, you rub testosterone cream on. Sure, testosterone cream absorbs right through your skin. They're going to fuck, and you're going to be able to sit sit in your little Honda on your way to work, and mm-hmm. your car is going to feed you. And you I believe it. No, fu- no shitting, no farting, no farting. Yeah, and if you want to like feel like a Henry VIII orgy of food and big fucking turkey legs, you just program that. Program that. Punch in that program and <laughs> take you on a. A journey to Henry of the Eighth Land. You'll you'll dine at a gigantic oak table with enemy heads hanging from the fucking ceiling. It's pretty awesome to think of like all all the world you could create and just jump into it in a second. It's coming, dude. Yeah. We just we are just so comfortable with the world that we live in now. It seems so normal to us. But you have a you have a lamp on your table over there, you got a goddamn lava lamp sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. This weird gooey shit is bouncing up and down. Someone figured out a way to have electricity, the shit that creates lightning, come through the walls in these weird pipes. Yeah. You got the wrong one there, silly face. You can't see it. Yeah. Push no that in front of the push that in front of the salt lamp. Pull oh. it, that thing over. So people can see Ooh, what we're talking about. Grab the bottom of it. Grab the bottom of it. Here? Yeah. Watch out, it's gonna fall. It's not going to fall. Look at that thing. If, if you brought that thing back in time, if you brought that thing, just a simple-ass stupid lava lamp, if you brought that back in time and showed someone from King Arthur's time, they'd kill you. Definitely. You Shit use, their pants and then Sorcery! Yeah. My lord. Yeah. There's electricity in the walls. There's lightning in the walls! We're going to die! You're gonna die. Stick a fork in that hole in the wall, and you're dead. Every person has a hole in the in their house where you stick a fork in, and you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy, isn't it? It's ridiculous. You might not die. You might just get really fucked up. I got Your lucky as a kid. Numb. I stuck a key into an outlet. Oh my god! And I don't know how. The, I guess the it had maybe the shut off. You yeah, know, circuit breakers. breakers. Right, but 
I stuck it in. Oh my god! Sparks, Sparks flew. I mean, flew out of it. The key broke in half. Like the burnt end stayed in. It burned, charred, Jesus. and it broke. And I was just like, I, I think I fucked up in here. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like my parents came in. Like, I did uh, the same thing, but I took a wire. My idea is it's going to transfer electricity from the top outlet to the bottom outlet. And oh. so I put it in there. And I remember my dad was watching Incredible Hulk at the time because that's why I was in the kitchen hiding. And so I put in the wire sparks and fire it felt felt like it was fire but i'm so sure it was just if sparks. that if we had done that in like the 50s we'd just be dead, dead probably, probably right well if you had done that during the days of uh direct current it would have been very different yeah, very different yeah. yeah like um they do you remember the uh thomas edison experiments they did when thomas edison was trying to warn people against the effects of alternating current they 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 cooked an elephant they they hooked this elephant up to uh this like these wires and 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 barbecue this elephant no you never seen that it's, it's pretty crazy thomas edison interesting cat you know because obviously great genius and inventor and responsible for a lot of uh, pretty incredible things yeah but also like was doing battle with the concepts that were being endorsed by other scientists like even nikola tesla who was an alternating current guy he believed in uh, alternating current and edison was his whole thing was set up on direct current. Mm -hmm. So if you if you watch it, pull that video up because it's it's fucking crazy. Like this is again, when you think about human beings, it's not that long ago, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is uh, what was so, it? Nineteen what? When did this happen? Nineteen oh three. Nineteen oh three. So this is when people were just starting to figure out what the fuck electricity could do. And they have this elephant chained up, and Thomas Edison's like, look, I'm going to show you guys what happens if you don't fucking listen to me. So he did this just to disprove the other guys. Yes, but watch what he does. They have this thing connected to this, and they just charge it up and, and zap this elephant. Look, he's cooking right now. Damn, this dude. This poor elephant is just standing there, and boom, it falls over dead. Oh, Damn. And that's in your house. That's in your walls. And Edison yeah. was trying to let you know, like, listen to me, bitch. Like, what a crazy fuck that guy is. He didn't just try uh, to prove it with science. Yeah. He said, okay, I'm going to show you. I'm going to take something bigger than you, and I'm going to cook it. I'm going to cook it in with like electricity. two seconds. Yeah, so let's not... So that must have been, like, a huge, like, wave of, of fear and paranoia after that. Like, yeah. Like, they cooked a fucking elephant with this new type of electricity. Because in that case, what did he... He hooked it up... He cooked it. They covered it with wires. I mean, they, they connected it with wires and then fucking just electrocuted the shit out of Jesus it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was Thomas Edison. Could you imagine if in 2014, okay, if, you know, 100 plus years later, they, they did that. Do you imagine if someone tried oh to prove something? If they tried to prove, you know, there's, we are on the verge of wireless electricity, ladies and gentlemen, in order to tell you what is wrong with wireless electricity. Here's, you know, Marty McFuckface, and yeah. Marty McFuckface, the scientist, shows us, here we are in Times Square, ladies and gentlemen, this is an elephant, it yeah. is connected to this receiver, and we're going to broadcast wireless electricity to his brain, watch what happens. This poor elephant, fucking mm -hmm. ears stick out, strip, yeah. starts bleeding from his eyeballs and falls face first. Oh, PETA shit. would be all over it, everyone would freak that out. That dude would get killed immediately. They would Someone kill him. Would kill him. If they didn't kill him, they would beat him. They would yeah. torture him to the yeah. end of time. Yeah. He's an asshole. He's, he, he's not even you're not even eating an elephant. Yeah. You know, it's not like a cow like that. You 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 electrocute it and then you eat it. Yeah. No, you're just killing it. You're killing it to prove a point. Mm -hmm. 
That's just a hundred plus years ago, I know, man. It's, not, it's really not long ago at all. It's not at all. No. If you really stop and think about how much different people are, 2003 it was? Or well, ni- uh, 1903, really? <laughs> 19, yeah. yeah, 1903. Think about that. The behaviors change so much. If you if you measure by decades, it's crazy. How measure much. how about you measure by movies when yeah. men used to slap women across the face all yeah. the time? Shut up, woman! Yeah. James Cagney, like, heroes, yeah, yeah heroes, heroes, <laughs> heroes up. used to smack women right across the face, John yeah. Wayne style. Get a hold of yourself, yeah. smack, smack, and the woman would just stand there and take it, and then they'd start making out. That's Sean Connery in that interview talking. You've seen that, yeah. right? Where yeah. He's like, <laughs> If she doesn't listen, <laughs> if she doesn't listen, I think smack you around. He was saying Jesus. that women have a way of yeah. like getting you to do that. Like, uh-huh. Um, dude, you're dating the wrong bitches. Yeah. Smacking them. For sure. Yeah, you're for dating sure. the wrong women. All, all women don't do that. It's Hell like no. You're choosing to date that, that style of person. Like, yeah. There were people 200 years ago that wouldn't cause you to hit them. No. Okay? They wouldn't t- torment you. Not everybody wants to be constantly in conflict. It's like it's such a stupid state. He's drawn to the conflict. That's why. He's he an want, actor. Yeah. He, he's he an wants actor. it. As awesome as he is, he's an yeah, actor. He's an actor. But he also, you know, he's coming from a different era. For sure. And he but he looked at uh, I think that was Barbara Walters. He was like, I'm gonna smack you next if you keep that shit up. <laughs> he, he looks Pull like that up so we can watch that. Business it's in uh, that fucking Sean Connery show. saying you should hit women. <laughs> I mean, it's this and this so happened crazy. a long time ago. Yeah, it's probably twenty plus. No, maybe yeah, twenty five to thirty years ago. I'm guessing. Obviously, not a long time ago in terms right. of what we've been saying the right. entire podcast. But but he's an old school dude. He's got yeah. be in his late seventies or something by now, right? Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, you couldn't do that today. Hell no. Like the the, uh, the culture has evolved that's, quite that's a bit. What I'm saying. You couldn't do that. A few today. years go by. Uh, not the worst thing to slap a woman now and then. As I remember, you said you don't do it with a clenched changed. fist. It's better to do it with an open hand. Mm. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't I love that. I haven't changed my opinion. What did she you say? I no. would love that? Is that what she said? Hold on a, a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. What did she say? First, it's better to do it with an open hand. Mm. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't love that. I haven't changed I my opinion. I didn't love that. No, I didn't love that. Not at all. You think it's good to slap a woman? No, I don't think it's good. You I don't think, think it's bad? It must, I don't think it's that bad i think that it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it merits it yeah what would merit it it? well if you have tried everything else and women are pretty good at this that they can't leave it alone they don't want to have the the last word and you give them the last last word but they're not happy with the last word they want to say it again and and get into a really provocative situation then I think it's absolutely right. Oh, what would... Oh, my God. What the fuck? Oh, somebody <laughs> added that in the video. That scared me. <laughs> that's yeah. stupid. Yeah, that's... Um... Someone ruined a good interview. <laughs> but the um, idea behind that is fascinating. But... Yeah, I mean, all he's really saying is, I don't like a yappy broad. Yeah. You know, that's really what he's trying to say. Well, you need to break up with him, dude. <laughs> he's fucking out of his mind. He just They're not all like that. So crazy. It's not so not all men are like that. Not all yeah. women are like that. You know what's so great about that? That the only great thing about that is you. You know when you call somebody out, he, she was calling him out mm-hmm. on national television, and his uh, his defense instincts kicked in. Or when she said uh, she was like, he realized they're probably just having a nice chat. Mm-hmm. She brings that up, and he was like, immediately his face changed. But then he goes, Yeah, I haven't changed my position on that. Like he was really like, I'm I'm gonna do battle with you now. You yeah, know? he likes conflict. As a guy who wants to, he wants to have conflict. You know? Well, I think, I think he's just really confident. 
and I think uh, he believes in what he's saying, and uh, he thinks that Barbara Walters is trying to catch him and mm-hmm. you know, you know, expose that and have him back down. And he's like, I'm not going to back, gonna back down. down. Yeah, I'm not going to back down. Yeah, I date crazy bitches, yeah. and sometimes I have to smack them. Smack them around. But those are the ones I like to fuck because yeah. they, they fuck like wild animals, and that's what I need <laughs> in my life. <laughs> At 60 years old, yeah. I already get my dick hard. Yeah, he's not very young exactly. A screaming there. bitch that you know lets me send it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's not not young not at young, all. Man, no. Some with some people, the the aphrodisiac, the like the stimulant, is not just sexual. It's not just how uh, the person looks. It's not just being attracted to them. Sometimes it's drama. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a lot of people that get sucked up into this idea of uh, fighting and then making up and then to make up sex. Yeah, it's super common. Yeah, because. We all have been there before where you break up with someone and you're like, it's over and it's like fucking devastating and it's heartbreaking. And then one day you run into them and it might be just a month later or two months later or whatever. Maybe you both have dated other people, whatever. And then you hook up and it's incredible. Mm -hmm. The sex is incredible. And you're nice to each other and you're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry too. And you're like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's incredible. But it's it's such a heightened type of sex, makeup sex. Because sometimes... People need to put things into perspective. They need the um, the benefit of time. They need the benefit of having you know you know all these emotions run through your head, having all this these bad feelings, but then having them all slow down and relax. And time puts things into perspective. And you know, and then you see each other then, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? And all you can think of then is like the good times. It's yeah. real hard to think about these really stupid, petty, bad times in relationships once the relationship is over. You really mostly just think about the good stuff about that person. Right. And so then you start fucking again. Oh, shit. I bet Sean Connery threw his dick around a lot back in over time. But then again, what happens after that? You get fucking tired of each other again. Mm. You fall back into your same old ways, and you get tired with each other. And how do you fix that, ladies and gentlemen? Marijuana. That's right. Smoke some weed and fuck, and you will appreciate each other like like you just met. <laughs> that's good. That's good advice. It's fucking great advice. There's no no better like enhancement to sex than marijuana. The people who fuck and don't smoke pot, you are missing out on fifty percent of your sex. Yeah, you really are. You don't know what you're missing. It's if if I could give you something that's not dangerous. And that will make sex 50% better. Do you know what that would be worth on the open market? I mean, there's stupid pills that you take that are supposed to make your dick grow that don't do a goddamn thing. There's stupid people out there that are cutting rhino horns off to make their cocks hard. That doesn't work. There's so much money in, like, enhancing sex. And the number one thing to enhance sex, it just flies under the radar. The one thing that works like a charm. Mm -hmm. If you are in love or you are in lust or you have someone that you like to fuck, how about that? And that person likes you to fuck them, get together and smoke some pot before you do it. Don't get crazy. Don't don't smoke so much. You're paranoid and you freak out and you can't get it up. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Every touch will feel more more spectacular. You'll feel like electricity through fingers. The warmth of your bodies, will, the sensation will be so pleasurable. People that don't smoke pot and fuck, you're missing out on a giant chunk of what sex is. Yeah, or do it, you know, smoke and go touch a stranger. Or do mushrooms. You want to go deep, 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 deep. 
Have sex on mushrooms. Never done that. You'll it's just, crazy. It's like two kaleidoscopes. It's it's hard to do. Colliding. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. I yeah. thought like I was fucking this really tall girl once, and I was on mushrooms, and I thought she was an alien. I was like, I just might. It just because you start playing tricks on yourself. You yeah, I don't want to do that. Play tricks on you and stuff. I don't want to do that. Don't don't listen. Don't do it. You don't, you won't think you're an alien. So do it with <laughs> Have your you wife. done it with you know mushrooms? Your wife's not it's an alien. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's like obviously the way you get affected by mushrooms is different than the way I do. I think everybody's different. That's uh, that's one of the weird things about psychedelics or pot or anything. Yeah, it affects like, everybody. Every, yeah, I've Definitely. heard people talk about what pot does to them, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on in your head, but that's not yeah. me. Yeah, it shuts yeah. me down. I just don't want to talk to anybody. I sit down. It shuts me down. All right, okay. I don't yeah. get it, but maybe it's, it's everybody's one, got their own weird personality. Trend. One strand that you you know. Well, I just think there's a lot of uh, weird personality tra- traits. You know, there's a lot of weird biological traits. People have a lot of different things going on. True. It's like, like people with alcohol. I mean, there's people that are the worst drunks ever that are super nice people. And then there's also people that they're, you, they have a couple of drinks and they just become friendlier. No, nothing goes wrong at all. I know. It's, it's really fascinating because I look back, there's like friends that would like want to punch me. You know, after like a few, not because I did something, like Nothing every time no they reason. drank, yeah. they were physically violent people. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then there's the person who's just like hugging you, like, I love you, man. You're like, what? Yeah. Like it's, you know, they had the same amount of drinks and this is the behavior that comes out. Yeah. It's, it's too bad almost. It makes you, it bums you out. Like, oh man, you can't drink. Like you, really, we can't have you drinking. Yeah. And that's not uncommon at all no no it's probably like one out of a hundred people yeah yeah less than that i think i think less yeah yeah that's like a food allergy almost Mm -hmm. well that was uh something that they uh another thing that i had up on twitter today that's pretty fascinating about food allergies they figured out a way to uh to fix kids uh allergies to peanuts really the dna of peanut allergic kids changes with immune therapy study finds Hmm. That's cool. And this is on Science Daily. So this is, again, not like a goofy website. It's from Stanford. And the idea is that treating a peanut allergy with oral immunotherapy changes the DNA of the patient's immune cells. According to a new study, the DNA change could serve as the basis for a simple blood test to monitor long-term effectiveness of the allergy therapy. That's pretty badass, man. There's a lot of fucking foods that people are allergic to. Some people are deathly allergic to shellfish. We had that on Fear Factor. This dude uh, ate um, some roaches. And roaches are, um, they have the same enzyme, apparently, as shellfish. So if you're allergic to roaches, or (laughs) you don't know, if you're allergic to shellfish, you're also allergic to roaches. Really? Yeah. So this dude like had like went into like anaphylactic shock kind of. Well, thing? he had he started uh, his throat started closing up. Yeah, he was uh, having a hard time breathing, Whoa. swelling. You know that's what happens. He had no idea. Or he knew he probably was a shellfish guy, but didn't mm-hmm. think about the roach. Well, we didn't know. Diet. Nobody right. knew. Nobody knew. I mean, yeah. it was the early days of Fear Factor. Wow. Yeah, that show is just so lucky that no one died. Yeah, Whoa. so lucky. That dude definitely could have if he didn't have uh, right medics around. You know. What are you guys doing over there? What, what's going on? Uh, 70 bags of heroin found in Philip Seymour Hoffman's apartment. Oh, my God. Uh, poor fucker. He just got back on it, right? Like, a couple years ago? He was, like, really clean for, like, most of his life, and then he just... He had a problem a while ago. Yeah. Then he was clean for a while, and then they talked about him going... I remember reading about him going to get help, like, I want to say within the last year. 
mm. to do something, you know, like some type of rehab thing in the last year. And then, uh, yeah, that's really a bummer, man. Well, the thing about him, too, is he died with a needle in his arm. In his arm, yeah. So he really, he overdid it. Well, he just did it. Yeah. He's not the only one, either, that's dying. Apparently, there's quite a few people who have died in uh, the East Coast. From heroin? Recently. Yeah, they're thinking there's a, there's a bad batch of heroin or a strong batch of heroin or something. Mm. Wow. He was so good. Holy shit, was he a talented actor, that yeah. guy. Man. Unbelievable. Boogie nights. Well, I think that yeah. some of the people that are able to like encapsulate those incredible characters, they're mm-hmm. able to fit themselves into those characters. Like, a lot of those people are fucking crazy. Like Robert Downey Jr., yeah. you know, crazy, you know, would go off on wild benders and do yeah. drugs. Like, there's a lot of those people that are like really good at acting that are sort of attracted to that. To that chaos. Yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe it's just a part of what makes them a great actor. So yeah, I think you're really, if you're a great, great actor, you have a, a sensitivity that's like maybe heightened, mm, you know? You're yeah. sensitive, I mean, emotionally all around. And, um, you know, sometimes when you're that sensitive, you can be drawn in, in certain other directions, you know? Yeah. So, but he, uh, man, Hoffman was just genius actor. Yeah, he was a bad motherfucker. Yeah. You know, really. it's sad when you see a guy like that just succumb to their demons, mm. you know? really is too bad. That's a weird one, too. That heroin one's a weird one. You know, because people are talking about, like, legalizing all drugs, like, that all Mm -hmm. drugs should be legal. And in a way, I support that. But in another way, I'm like, (sighs) it would suck to see more people do heroin. It really would. Crystal meth. Because what I'm seeing now with pills, I've met several people. I know several people. I know one guy very well that died from pills. I know one guy uh, very close to my family who fucked up his entire life on pills and he's still a mess and he used to be a great guy and he's just a wreck and it's all opiates, all opiates, you know? And then you see this guy and you go like, fuck, man. Like, if it was legal, would it be even more prevalent? Like, I I would hope not, but God, it's just, I'm not, I'm just anti-heroin. I think heroin's a, a, a terrible drug to live your life with. It just... Yeah. There's nobody really who's like doing well thriving with heroin you know the crazy thing is how long some people can function yeah and there's people that can function and there's people that actually probably never get to the point where they're not able to function Mm -hmm. you know there's people that can keep it in check but i think for the most part um it just goes downhill for you well one of the problems with these pill people is that they're not even trying to get high they're trying to not be sick right because your body's craving it yeah, yeah, you get so addicted to these opiate pills that your body is just trying to get to a base level. It's not mm-hmm. trying to it's not trying to get high as much as it's trying to get out of a deficit. Yeah. So you give it these pills and then you like sort of feel normal for a while. Yeah. It's just so scary. Yeah, that is. I mean, I I know somebody who had a bad drinking problem and and would like when the, when it went into, you know, withdrawal, would drink never really to get drunk. It was because she was such a alcoholic that you know she'd drink just to main like to not be shaking and sweating. Yeah, you yeah, know? that's one I don't I don't understand because I I have had many drinks. Yeah, I don't get the alcohol one. I don't understand how that could be addicted to somebody, addictive to somebody. Oof, yeah, but, but I, I do understand obviously because yeah, yeah. I've met many people who are addicted to. Yeah, it. yeah. But just for me, it's just I don't understand it. it just seems. Uh, it's just so strange that their body is craving alcohol. Like it's uh, it's not just a an emotional thing. I mean, they say that that's what happened with um, Ann, Amy Winehouse, that she died from going cold turkey. 
Really? Yeah. She did, only had alcohol in her system when she died. She didn't have any drugs. And, with, and her body just went into... Yeah, they su suspected she Ugh. tried to uh, quit drinking, and it just uh, sent her over the edge. Yeah. It I happens. So. I, I believe it, man. I, I'm just glad I don't have that fucking... That gene. Yeah, or, you know, I mean, I've never... I drink once, <laughs> and if I drink once in a week and I'd have too many drinks, I'm like, man, I'm not drinking. I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't drink again for, like, weeks, man. Really? Know? Yeah. Yeah, I but I've just never, you know, that's just my own makeup. When you, when you used to hang out more locally at comedy clubs every night, you used to probably go through that where you're like at a club every single night. Did you drink more back then? Yeah, not really because I never, I never ever drink before sets. So the most I ever did was drink after sets. But if I was just doing spots and hanging out a little bit, I'd be more worried about like you know, I'd be worried about driving home. So it wasn't a regular practice for me. Like I've just never been that big of a drinker. You know, I mean. I'll have more drinks on the road, um, but sometimes, a lot of times, I go to clubs, and um, Saturday will be the first time I ask for a drink, and they'll all say, like, oh, we didn't know you drank, and I'm like, well, were you talking about it? And they're like, yeah, we thought that it was so weird that you don't drink, <laughs> and um, you know, I was like, no, I'm just done now, you know, so. Yeah, alcohol is fun. It's fun. It's fun to drink. It's fun to get drunk, mm -hmm. but the problem is the, the, the effect on your body is just so bad. And uh, Tommy and I have been talking about this because for the last two weeks I haven't drank. Wow. I tried uh, to see what it's like to have nothing. Except I had like a glass of wine with dinner on Friday night. But one glass of wine, that's it. No like getting hammered. No getting drunk. No getting buzzed. No yeah. nothing. Yeah. You, and you feel remarkably better you when do. Monday rolls around. Yeah. Remarkably. So it's been two weeks in a row that I did this. Like my endurance is up. I mean, it's, it sounds so duh. You know, it sounds so obvious. But... You just think if you're out at a comedy club, you're hanging out with your buddies, you want to do a shot? Yeah, fuck it, let's do a shot. Let's do another one. Okay, let's have a beer. Three or four drinks, you feel like it's nothing. And it really is nothing. But right. the difference between three or four drinks and no drinks is pretty significant in how yeah. much better you feel. It's, it's tremendously different. I mean, a few weeks ago I had like a few drinks and I really feel like it took me like totally to recover was like 48, 72 out to feel like 100% better. Yeah. It was crazy. It took like three days. Yeah, I feel that much better. I never drink at home. I only drink if I go out. So like, I I never sit at home and like open up a beer or anything that unless it's like at night and then the girls that we're about to go to bed, I need to have one more drink in her. Oh, how dare you! Seal oh, the deal. Do you know that's rape <laughs> to a lot of feminists? By the way, yeah. Do you know that? You wear yeah. that? Yeah. They're gonna right. push that, Mister Connery. You're gonna shove that down your throat. You're gonna be a rapist. Night cup. But you know what's funny about that whole uh, feminist thing is that they're saying that that works the other way around too with women and men. That if the man is drunk and the woman's sober, the woman's raping the man. I feel that way. hundred percent support that. <sighs> so I've been funny. raped. They have to say women. that. What's ridiculous is that they have to say that. They yeah. can't say there's a double standard. Right. Nobody wants to admit there's double standards. Right. It's double standards don't exist, mm -hmm. especially in like the the super liberal left wing progressive world. It's the same on both sides. So uh, I was watching. I was reading this. Uh, this person's uh, blog where they were talking about everyone who has sex with someone who's drinking is being a rapist and she was talking about men as well like men being drunk that a woman taking advantage yes ladies that is rape like what are you talking about <laughs> the guy has a few drinks he's buzzed and he comes over and he wants to fuck and you have sex with them you're a rapist yeah that is so fucking dumb and so symptomatic so like symbolic of like what's wrong with that sort of rigid like liberal thinking is this, this there are no double, it's, double it's standard so thinking silly. 
I mean, the, one of the major differences is that in that situation, we are thrilled to be raped. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, it's not it's, rape. It's, it's not. A, know, it's not rape. It's so Whether the man has uh, limited inhibitions or not, that man wants to have sex. He's, yeah. he's, if a guy comes to your house, it's like if a guy goes to a bar, gets drunk, take a cab to your house. Let's make it a responsible story. The guy mm-hmm. takes a cab to your house, and you uh, throw him on the bed and fuck him. Mm-hmm. That's not rape. It's just not. No. It's just not. It's just not. And pretending that it is because you don't want women to be taken advantage of. And they'll like compare it to like Steubenville. Like that, the girl who was, uh, she was so drunk that she was unconscious and these guys raped her. Oh, yeah, it was horrible. That's yeah. unbelievably yeah. horrible. Yeah. Unbelievably horrible and disgusting and it's a crime and it's evil. That yeah. is the saying that uh, a man being drunk is uh, having sex with a woman is that man being raped mm-hmm. diminishes the impact of what's horrible about something like Steubenville. Right, a because, real rape. Yeah, yeah, because you're being silly now. Well, you're, you're saying something that is so preposterous that anyone with any logic could immediately pick apart. Anyone mm-hmm. who's had any experience, anyone who's a man, by the way, who's a heterosexual man, who knows what it's like to have a couple of drinks and, uh, and want to go have sex. Like the idea that that is somehow or another rape because you went over someone who obviously you like. You obviously like this person. You have obviously most likely have had sex with them before. You go over their house. Yeah. the fuck out of here. I would even argue that if if you're a man and you took a cab to that woman's house and she handcuffed you to a bed and (laughs) blindfolded you and put a ball gag in your mouth and fucked you, that you also had a good time. <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't something that you were fighting, you know, or even Maybe. if you wanted to. I, I, well, I'm not into getting tied up, so it's on you, fucker. All right, like, tie that's me your up. thing. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation though where you felt raped? Like you had a girl in your bed and you didn't want to have sex you with her? You have a girl in she... your bed. You're a man, you have a girl in your bed. What are you doing? Like if you're, you're a man, you have a girl in your bed. What kind of stupid game are you playing? Can't, not right now. Don't rape me. I just don't feel good about our relationship yet. Shut up. If you're a grown adult, you're not a 10-year-old. You're not someone who's confused about biology and about sexuality and about, you know, stimulation and attractiveness. No, you're a fucking adult. You can't get raped. You can't get raped by a girl. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Brian It's one thing if you like... <laughs> Brian Cut. The only thing that can be really crazy is if, okay, here's a scenario. Um, some sort of a survival situation where you're th- fleeing the country and you have your friend's wife with you and you, uh, you have to stay in a hotel together because there's uh, only uh, enough money for one hotel room and you're just mm-hmm. going to get some sleep and then get on the road. You're like, I'll sleep on the floor, you take the bed, and then while you're sleeping, you wake up and she's sucking your dick. You're like, oh, okay, you just fucking ruined my life. Yeah, yeah. You ruined my life by being crazy and sucking my dick while I'm sleeping. Right. Hey, you know, you're kind of raping me. Stop. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I wouldn't have said yes for you sucking my dick if I was awake. Wait, wait a couple minutes. Now stop it. That's <laughs> that is probably yeah. one of the very few scenarios that I could see where there could be argued that a woman rapes right. a guy. Yeah. There's kind of, or like, uh, what's, what's the one? It's a uh, single white female. They kind of have that, that scenario. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where the girl pretends to be someone else. she tries to pretend and she cries. He's yes. like, what's going on? She's like, rawr, rawr. She's yeah. just choking on his cock. And then he's like, it's not even you. So he got duped, right? That's Which, another one right. that's kind of rapey. Yeah, that's kind of rapey. Yeah. But I mean, still finished and we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, Come on. but a woman being drunk is always rape. If the woman's drunk, they, they want that to be rape. They want it, I mean, obviously there's a broad spectrum of, of, ra- of uh, intoxication, you know, like well, one drink 
two yeah. drinks, three drinks, four drinks. Like one drink is you're, you're you can make good decisions on one drink. You can, but yeah. you're drinking right. two drinks. You can still make really good decisions on drinks, mm -hmm. but you're drinking. So like if if you have sex with someone who can make good decisions. And it's two drinks in. The idea that you say that's rape, you're a crazy person. Yeah. You're a crazy person. Like, you're, you're a person who's dangerous because you're fucking up the whole idea and argument, the whole conversation about alcohol intoxication. You're ruining it by being unreasonable. And by taking this hard, rigid stance, you diminish the effect of something like Steubenville, where, where they are getting someone so fucked yeah. up and taking advantage of someone who's so fucked up. Yeah, and the way to kind of realize, like, you know, state your position is are you going to look at those two and say they're equivalent they're if you say yeah. they're equivalent then okay i guess we have your point of view on on you know the severity of, yeah. of each of them but i think a reasonable person looks at those and you realize that they're not so it's kind of ridiculous well it's a completely illogical stance to take that it's uh an on and off switch it's either on you, there's an alcohol drink in in the system mm -hmm. uh it's it's that way it's rape there's no alcohol, it's not rape. Right. Same act. Same act, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There's, it's clear that there's a certain point where someone is unable to make clear decisions. Mm -hmm. They're fucked up. They're intoxicated. But where that lies is, is very blurry, mm -hmm. and it's different for every person. Yeah. And some, not some girls, God damn it, a lot of girls like to get drunk and get fucked. They like to have sex with people they want to have sex with when they have a few drinks. They like it a lot. So the idea that people say that that's rape... Because, because of whatever, because you want to push this ridiculous progressive agenda and this idea that anyone having a couple of drinks is somehow or another so incapacitated that they're like a child, like that mm -hmm. we have to protect them. Yeah, I guess they're not, they're not um, making the distinction that there's a difference between uh, a woman choosing to uh, have drinks and, and go have sex and a woman who has had too many drinks and someone is, you know taking advantage of her. I mean, they're, they're yeah. two d totally different things. Well, not only that, there's also the woman and the man. If they're both drinking, right. then what happens? Well, the woman is almost always in the clear. No one is accusing her. No one's saying, you know, like, this woman raped me. I, you know, we, we had drinks together and she raped me. How many drinks did you have? Two. How many drinks did she have? Two. Yeah, man, she raped you. No yeah. one says that. Right. It doesn't say... But, but they it, do say it to the guy. They would say it to the guy. Yeah. Like, and the girl could say, oh, I got too drunk to consent and then... You know, Tumblr talk, progressive think. Everybody's like, oh, it is rape to have sex with someone who's drinking. No, no, it's rape sometimes to have yeah. sex with someone who's drinking. Yeah. Just, to say that you're not responsible for your own actions sexually, mm. but you are when you're driving a car, you are when, you know, you assault someone. Yeah. You know, you're responsible. If you kick someone's ass and hurt them and you're like, I'm so sorry, I was what drunk. You, yeah. You're responsible for that. Yeah. You are fucking responsible for your actions. Yeah. But you're not sexually. You know, if, if your girlfriend comes home and she's hammered and she beats the fuck out of you and hits you over the head with a hammer and you go yeah. to the hospital, your fucking head's gashed open. She can't say, I'm, I was drinking. Yeah. So I'm not responsible for that violence. But if she comes over to your house and she's drunk and she fucks you, then, you know, <laughs> then you're a rapist. That's, because yeah. you, you, yeah. Didn't, you, know, you didn't take into account the fact that she's not responsible for her actions because yeah. she's had a couple of drinks. It's madness. That's total madness. It's so illogical, and they, they're so rigid on this because they want to support 100% women and women's rights and the, uh, the idea of not supporting rape culture, the idea of diminishing rape in society. But by being so rigid and by being preposterous and illogical, you ruin the whole discussion because we're on your side. Right. We're, you and I are 100% on, on their side as far as like someone being 
drunk mm-hmm. and you take advantage of that person. Right. That's disgusting. What they're trying to say is that there is no scale. Exactly. It's just, it's black and white. It's black and white. And you can't say that because you ruin the whole discussion. Right. You ruin it because we all know, most of us know, people who like to drink and fuck. It's so common. Yeah. It's so normal. You know? They drink to get frisky. That's People people are married. They drink and they start making out Mm. and it's great. Yeah. It's not bad. They loosen the inhibitions. Mm. It's it's not bad. The, The idea that... Alcohol is bad across the board for everybody. It's fucking stupid. It's stupid, yeah. It's stupid. It's just bad for your body. That's what it's the only thing that you can prove for sure that's bad for your body. It's yeah. just one of those weird things, man, where people who are intelligent, who have good intentions, and there's good meaning behind what they're trying to do, they fuck it all up with their ego. And they fuck it all up with their rigid thinking, and they fuck it all up because they're not being open and objective about the entire discussion of the situation. Yeah, it's a, it's it's the same thing. I feel like with judging uh, people as black and white, I, yeah. think, I feel like most people sure. are compli- you know, more complicated and mm-hmm. have varying degrees of good and bad, and you know, they're you know, complicated well, species. You could easily put you know generalizations. Like there was a generalization. Um, someone was talking about stand-up comics. And they were saying that uh, comedy clubs are filled with angry men, and that's right. what comedy clubs are. Yeah. Okay, that's a giant generalization. Mm-hmm. What do you do? What if uh, Sarah Silverman or Eliza Schlesinger are on stage? Is still angry men yeah. that, are, that are? No, it's, it's silly. Yeah, it's silly. Some comedians are angry men. Yeah. So are some mechanics. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So are so are some fucking bouncers. There's some people that uh, you know work in finance. They're angry men. Okay, some of them aren't. It's, yeah. it, generalizations are fucking stupid. They're gross. It's so funny because when I hear those things, like I always think of when I, I'm thinking comedy comics that I know, like what always pops in my mind is just silliness. Yeah, I, I don't think of like I think of like all the goofy, silly kind of. Yeah, you know, like well, us hanging yeah. out on the weekend. Yeah, like, what do we do? We're laughing all the time. Yeah, we're we're not, laughing not angry ninety percent of the time. No. We're not angry at shit. No, it's a, the idea that I mean, look, there's we all know dudes who are. We yeah. all know dudes, but we all know an equal or more, uh, a greater amount of dudes who aren't. Like Norton, yeah. we we're hanging with Norton all weekend. Uh-huh. Norton's fucking great. He's not angry. No. He comes off like fake angry for jokes, for 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 yeah. funny. But he's filled with humility. Yeah. He's a, a very like uh, self-objective guy. He's always like being introspective mm-hmm. and talking about the way he behaves, the way he thinks, and. He's always like criticizing himself, yeah. you know, and the idea that he, he's like this angry guy. Well, yeah, that's I was going to say that is that people also assume that um, they'll say the anger, the anger with respect to like somebody doing something on stage, and have, they'll have no idea that that person's not like that off stage. That that's a heightened, yeah, you know, pr- yeah. version of themselves for their act for humor. Yeah, it's for humor. Of it's course. like you know, like Brian Holtzman. Who's one of my uh, favorite comedians that for some whatever reason just never really caught on with people. He used to, his whole act was this angry man who would say cruel, evil shit, and we would be dying laughing. Because he's not like that at right. all. If right. you talk to Holtzman off stage, he's laughing, he's shaking people's hands. Yeah. Hey, how are you? What's going yeah. on? Yeah. Good to see you. Hey, good time up there. You were really funny. He's a, a funny guy. Mm-hmm. But then he would do this character on stage where it was just like, like Susan Smith, when uh, she uh, drowned her kids, he was like, I heard those were bad kids. I heard those kids sat that close to the TV. They didn't pull away their blocks. They were always spilling their milk. Those fucking kids would not be missed. Yeah. And it was so horrible. Yeah, yeah. But so funny. So funny, like, yeah. You had to be there to see it happen when the tension was in the room because it was like 
two weeks after that woman drowned her kids, you know? That's a hilarious, like, uh, position to take. You have to commit I heard to those it. kids were bad. Yeah. That's how he says it. They, they always bad. fucking spilt that milk. They didn't put away their blocks. They sat that close to the TV. Yeah. <laughs> those kids will not be missed. Yeah. And the way he would say it was just so fucking... The key, too, in, in like, in those types of jokes is that you can never pull back on it. Once mm-hmm. you say it, Yeah, you gotta go all in. Like, no, they were really bad kids. I'm telling you, I know, you know? Yeah. You, you have to, like, believe what you're saying. Yeah. And it's not real. No, of course not. That's the whole fucking... That's why we know we can laugh at it. It's a real issue with, uh, with progressives, this idea that you're going to silence that kind of thinking and talking. Mm-hmm. You know, silence that kind of, uh, those kind of jokes. And I see the point. I see that you're trying to make a kinder, gentler world for people to live in. But I really feel like concentrating on jokes is a bad idea. It is. It's, it's, it, it ruins the whole idea of trying to make people or at least diminishes the whole idea of trying to make people nice in real life when mm-hmm. they really mean it and really care because you're not focusing on that instead you're focusing on one they don't mean it and they're joking around yeah like and the idea that somehow or another that joking around fuels the actual act the actual act of violence or the actual act of rape or the actual act of anything uh, evil or mm-hmm. mean because joking around about it it somehow or another gives it a green light. That's such a silly idea. That's so silly. If you have a problem with rape or if you have a problem with violence, if you have a problem with uh, assaults, do something that remedies the root cause of that. And you'll find that it's not jokes. It's not stand-up. Nobody watched a comedy show was inspired to go rape somebody. The idea behind that is fucking ridiculous. The idea that it gives a green light. You watch a comedy show and uh, someone talks about beating the shit out of people. It gives a green light to go out and beat the shit out of people. That's No, that's a defective person if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, person's you can't, out of their fucking mind. You can't make your art only for defective people. Hmm. It's fucking stupid. It is. But it's a, a lot of that progressive mindset, that this progressive black and white mindset, this yeah. left-wing liberal mindset that it ruins those discussions because, yeah, we do need to be nicer to each other. Fucking yeah, for sure, we need less racism. Absolutely, we need less sexism. Absolutely, we need less assault. We need less rape. We need less violence. We need less road rage. We need less everything all across the board. We need less of that. Yeah. But we're on your side. And you're, you're making us look like there's something wrong with us because we want to drink and fuck. You're making us look like there's something wrong with us because we enjoy a ridiculous joke that someone doesn't really mean, that's really cruel and nasty. Yeah. Yeah, if you, um, if you really think that, that comedy is the, the problem, you're, you're just going to make yourself look ridiculous. You're going to get a very few people that agree with your point of view. They're like, yeah. yeah, just get people to stop talking about anything that... That could be offensive, and you're just going to end up not making the progress you were wishing for. Yeah, and the idea of trigger warnings—that's the other thing. What's you trigger know, warnings? The, when people write blogs, like super progressive uh, people, when they write blogs, if they talk about rape or anything, violence or crime, they will put trigger warning in there, like trigger warning, like uh, like to let you know that something horrible is coming up, and it might trigger. Post-traumatic stress, like if really? you got your yeah, yeah, yeah. If say if you got beat up and robbed, and and someone's writing about a you know like robbery, and they'll they'll put trigger warning in like the title or trigger warning in the thing, and then explain what they're talking about, so that you get warned that they're going to talk about assault, or you get warned they're going to talk about rape or sexual aggression or whatever the fuck it is. Jesus. That, 
trigger warning, trigger warning. Like it's it's a fascinating uh, aspect of our society that you want to protect people from just even thinking about something that might have happened to them that's it bad. It might upset you. Yeah, so though that subject, whatever that subject is, is either mm. off limits or severely limited that's because kind of the of, fact that someone actually has been victimized in real life. That's kind of really ridiculous <laughs> to me. <laughs> it's fucking, yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, because you, you don't get trigger warnings uh, when you're not doing it. Aside from reading that fucking blog, there's no trigger warnings on signs when you walk down the street. No. There's no trigger warnings that when you have a conversation with somebody... Who you might not know well, they're not going to be like real quick. In a moment, I'm going to bring up fighting. Uh-huh. Just giving you a heads up. Wouldn't trigger warnings a be a trigger warning? Like, wouldn't you f- think about rape if you give a trigger warning? That would well, no, it wouldn't it. be a trigger warning, but it would certainly be a trigger. Right. And you know, every movie, essentially, every yeah. violent movie is yeah. a trigger trigger to people who have experienced violence. Of course. Every fucking television show on crime, which almost all of them are. I mean, what percentage of television shows, dramas are on crime? Mm-hmm. What percentage was Chicago Police or CSI or this or CSI Miami, New York, CSI The Moon? There's fucking 100 Law and Orders. They're all on crime. Mm-hmm. If you've experienced any violent crime in your life, you know it's a horrible, horrific, traumatic event. Post-traumatic stress from crime victims is huge. Yeah. Yet every show on television that's a drama like a huge percentage of them it's probably like 30% of all late night or uh, all uh, nighttime dramas yeah. are based on crime huge. violent crime murders dude violence is so it's so crazy when you when you watch uh shows and they um they have violent scenes you know the edited version has the violent yeah fucking like a guy's getting his head fucking blown off yeah. And then they'll be like, that's right, fudge you. And you're like, <laughs> they just bleeped fuck, you know, because we can't handle, yeah. we can't handle hearing that. Yeah. I'm tired of this hogwash. And you're like, what? That's what he said? No, he said something else. But we can't handle that. But we did see him pull out a 12 gauge and blow the guy's fucking guts all over the place. Well, how about The Walking Dead? Watch The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, they're cutting people's heads off. They're blowing people's heads up with guns. Yeah. But they never say fuck. Never say fuck. It's... Yeah. It's so ridiculous. And I bet you, you know, you can't also, you, God forbid they show uh, a woman's breast. That would make your head. No, you can't do that. No yeah. pussies at all. Yeah. Not, don't show me where the babies come from, right. where, the, where the babies are made. Can't handle it. But you can show me a lady with a samurai sword who cuts people in half. Yeah. She kills regular people, too. She doesn't just kill zombies. She kills regular a people. A bunch of the people kill yeah. regular people. They've cool. killed a hundred, bunch of regular people on that it's show. It's fine. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't what? handle hearing shit. What the fuck, man? We're weird. So weird. What a stupid culture. What, oh, you know what I can't stop thinking about? The guy that farted at the sink. <laughs> at the airport. At the airport. We talked about it for 10 minutes afterwards. <laughs> well, dudes fart when they pee. <laughs> yeah. When we go to the bathroom, dudes are constantly farting. In public restrooms. Yeah, yeah but we were at the sink, and the dude was washing his hands, and he cut a monster fart. <laughs> and I told Tommy about it. I was like, dude, this guy, I, he broke he broke the rules. Yeah, I walked yeah. out just before this happened. I unfortunately missed the incident. But you said it immediately. And I, was, I, I kept wrapping my head around it. And I think what I've come to the conclusion is that if you do that, all I'm looking for is for you to acknowledge it. Yeah, you, oops. You, yeah, you need to say something. Yeah. yeah. I want you to say something about that. Because I was thinking about how uh, an old guy one time farted next to me in... Um, uh, like on a tram uh, on the, in, the, in the airport. And I was like, geez, he let a fucking pretty big fart. 
And I looked at him, and he goes, snug out of me. And I was like, all right. And I, it, it kind of took away, like, you know, what was upsetting him. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, well, thank you for acknowledging your, your fart right now. Yeah, this guy was just washing his hands, and he just... <laughs> the sink is not the urine. I don't think yeah. you can get a pass there. Yeah, it was, it was definitely... A, Who does that? Do you? It was definitely a gray area. It was definitely a gray area. Yeah. People fart all the time at the urinals. That's so common. Yeah, I heard a lot of farts at urinals. But if you get done, zip up, walk all the way around, mm-hmm. and you wash your hands, mm-hmm. in the middle of washing your hands, you just unload. <laughs> and no one said a word. Yeah. Everyone just, uh, just let it go. <laughs> And then we got outside, and I was like, yo, dude, how do you feel about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. And then we're trying to figure out what kind of farts girls cut when they're in the bathroom and whether or not they wash their hands and fart on each other. Probably it, not as much. Not as much, but they definitely drop heat in there, for sure. Well, once they close that door, I think they allow themselves. Yeah. They allow themselves to, to fucking fart it up. Mm. Yeah. You know? They, they let them rip. Yeah, once they get in that door, they close that door, they just, ah. You have to. If you're taking a shit, yeah. you're going to fart. Yeah. But I wonder if they fart while they're washing their hands. These are the things that I think of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I wonder about what we need in more of this in the world. In do you world. mask your farts when you shit in a public restroom? No. 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 Let it out. You got to do what you do. What yeah. do you hold up to the camera? I love girl farts. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You have that on your phone? Yeah. I love girl farts? Yeah. 40-year-old man. He's got that on his phone. <laughs> Oh, Christ. It's a huge fetish now. It's actually a website. It is. It's amazing. It's always been. Yeah, it's amazing. There's been fart porn forever where dudes like sniff farts right yeah. out of a girl's ass. Yeah. I um, They're naughty. We played some uh, fart clips on our show and I, we were talking about it and a guy wrote in and he was like, I have a big time fart fetish. And we're like, what, like what's the thinking about it? And he was like, I think it's just back to the taboo of it, that the pretty girl... Is not supposed to. So he's, uh, you know, what I mean, like that. It's yeah, that she's being a dirty girl. Yes, and that's yeah. what he loves. And he yeah. loves, you know, a pretty girl doing it is like like the ultimate thing. Yeah, that's the thing about people is like they want people to be naughty, right? Just because we feel so, most people at least feel so confined by the rules, and I think women so even more so than men. Mm-hmm. Women even more so than men because you know society wants you to be a lady, yeah, behave and wants a you certain to, way, sure. You know, and there's slut shaming. You're not allowed yeah. to be a slut. You're not allowed to do what you want to do. You know, like if a woman wants to go out and fuck a bunch of different guys, like if a woman wants to fuck two guys in a night, she's a terrible person. <laughs> like if you find out about that, oh my God, she she went to this guy's house, she fucked him, then she left and she went to this other guy's house and mm. fucked him. What a whore. National champion. Like yeah. girls would be like, what a whore. Yeah. But if yeah. you told me, so he decides, he leaves his, this girl's house and he's like, you know what, fuck, I, I can call somebody else. And he calls yeah. somebody else and he goes and fucks her and we're like, yeah. ah, ha, ha, yeah, that's great, yeah. the guy's an animal. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't even done. He, yeah. he wanted to fuck more. That, that's crazy. That is crazy though that we don't, you know, that we have that, that double standard for that. I mean, I remember in college a guy, a friend uh, going into a sorority house and banging girls in the same house in the same night in different rooms. <laughs> And like, yeah, we all were like, that's fantastic. You're such a hero. Like, you're such a wonderful person. <laughs> and like, we were all so happy with his story. But if a girl went to a yeah. fraternity house, fucked one guy, Sucked said goodnight, honey, left, the and then knocked on the other door, hey, yeah, can I like, come in? She's fucking under, out of Dirty her mind. bitch, yeah. you fucking whore. Yeah. But we really should applaud her. Yeah. I mean, well, or not. You know, either way, we should let her do whatever she wants to do. Yeah. She's just fucking people. Yeah. Why do you, what she's do you care? Fun. Were they going to stay together forever? They're in college. Jesus Christ. If you have a problem with a girl who fucks one guy and then fucks another guy that night, you're silly. Yeah, you are. What's wrong? You could be one of those guys. Yeah. So all you got to do is throw your dick in front of her. Obviously, she likes him. So that suppression 
leads to uh, like a, a reaction. Mm-hmm. This just holding back leads to this need to let it go. Yeah. And the girl just farts right in that dude's face. <laughs> Guys, like, I can't believe you did that, you dirty bitch. I'm oh a dirty, farty gosh. bitch. I'm a farty bitch. <laughs> Fart my mouth again. It's so funny. The people that own this I Love Girl Farts are actually Dude, watching right now. <laughs> Don't promote that. So stupid. Oh, my gosh. That's not out of me. Oh, I'm a bad girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, what? It, it, the, the smell and the fucking noise and the whole thing, the naughtiness of it all. We yeah. hold it in. Boston girls farting. Boy. We have a thing about um, about people shitting too. You know, like yeah. no one wants to admit they just took a shit. We want to hide it and yeah. cover it up with noise and fans. Mm-hmm. And we want to light matches and yeah, it, it 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 is weird. I mean, I I don't like uh, those single single stall unisex bathrooms. Yeah, when you got a shit, like, I got oh, yeah. shit, and then there's like someone's like you going in there, and you're like, ah, fuck, man. <laughs> Why don't you go in first? Like, no, you're gonna oh, shit on top of his shit. No, I know. I get, but you get that, you know. Like, I, I feel like I can't relax. Or you can say, "Can I please use the restroom?" Like, if you're at a meeting, if you're having a meeting or something like that, uh-huh. you say, "I'll be right back after you use the restroom." But you can't say, "Look, I, I got a shit. I, gotta I shit. can't keep yeah. talking to you guys. I got to take a yeah. shit." You say, "I use the restroom. It's ambiguous." Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And you leave. You know, you can't say, "I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I was late for this meeting. I got here on time, but I had to shit." Yeah, right, right. You can't say that. No, you like, gotta, they'll be upset. You got to go to the restroom, and then you you know that the clock's running. So, because if you come back 15 minutes later covered in sweat, they're like, "Wow, you took a monster <laughs> shit, huh?" Like, you can't really put yeah. that out there. You got like, oh, "Fuck, now I got to grind this thing out." Quick. And sometimes that's what you have to do. Sometimes yeah. you have to take a 10 minute heater. Yeah. Like sometimes you just you take a shit and it comes out clump clump, and you're like, "God, there's a lot more up there." Yeah. God damn it! Happened on the flight yesterday. Oh no! As soon as I sat down, I was wanted, wanted to go to sleep, and I was like, "I got to take a shit," <laughs> and it was during takeoff. So then you're like waiting for it to hit 10,000 feet. You know, and then you're you're waiting for them to turn the seatbelt sign off, and I go in there and like oh, this is gonna be, this is like a, a fucking marathon shit, oh, no. but I didn't have time for it, so I really dropped half of it off just so I could fall asleep. Oh no! Yeah, and then later yeah. on I finished. It was it was pretty pretty dramatic. It's one of the weird things about your body is that there's like this intangible sense of how much shit is in there. Yeah, you know, like when you're taking a shit. Like, you have that feeling, that weird feeling, like, I smell a shit, or I feel a shit brewing. Mm -hmm. I feel a shit cooking in the oven. And then once you're taking that shit, you got this pressure thing. Like, you know it's in there, you know it's up there, and there's a certain amount. Like, God damn it, this isn't ready. This This isn't isn't ready, yeah. All right, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to empty it, and then I'm going to come back later. Yeah, and that's, and that's the worst. You like when it's all gone. Yeah. Certain foods, too, will trigger um, just amazing amounts of shit that come out of you where you're just like, is my body mostly shit? Yeah. Like, am I just a walking, talking shit machine? Because sometimes I'll, I'll like the amount that will come out of me is just incredible to me. I just cannot, <laughs> I cannot get over what's coming out of me. If you think about how much food you eat though, if you think, think, think of like the, your entire day, if you shit once a day, yeah. think about breakfast in there and then lunch in there and then your dinner in there, like this giant mound of, yeah, of, of food that goes in your body and then snack, like you might have a protein bar along the way and then mm-hmm. you have all this, you drink thing, you might drink milk, which has got some solids in there and yeah. then slowly but surely compress that into just logs, oh. big ropey shit logs. It's mm. amazing it's not really bigger. 
Now picture a pretty girl squatting over your face and letting that all over you. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's uh, 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 under glass. Like, that's oh, right. a big thing <laughs> for some guys. Coffee some guys like women shitting on, on glass coffee tables. Yeah. <laughs> I always heard that about Stallone. That was, that was like one of those rumors. Probably made up. It's probably like the Richard Gere gerbil thing. Yeah. Just someone decided to t- say it, and then yeah. it sounds cool, so people repeat it. Yeah, it was Stallone likes. She likes to get on the tables, and girls take big, juicy shits on those tables. He loves wow. it. Does he want to fuck them? Just wants them to shit. I'd like to watch people shit uh, over a glass table just to see it come out. I think Maybe once. Yeah. Really? Sure. What about a guy like Joey Diaz? That's, I think that's the one that would be at the top of my list. <laughs> what if he fell and landed on the table, and the table shattered, and you died? <laughs> uh, That'd be horrible. Glass went through your neck, shit was in your eyeballs, and you died, knowing that shit was all over your face and feeling the, the hot blood rush out of your neck. Wow. That'd Sorry, be dog. Sorry, dog. Yeah. I slipped. Whoops. I had too uh, much sodium. I think that it would be much more interesting to watch Diaz shit than some model. <laughs> I'd like to see him have explosive diarrhea on a glass table. Oh, well, I would God. like to see a girl who's like addicted to stimulants, like who's tr- trying to be really skinny, and uh-huh. how, just how little she actually shits in a <laughs> day. Just like, like hair comes out. Probably shocking to see like little tiny little poops. Curly, squirrely turd <laughs> <Yeah>. comes out. <laughs> little slightly bile, little yellow yeah. smell to it. Like, what's going on? Jeez, sorry, that's a Did big you one. you eat anything? Just... Mm-hmm. Half of her shit is pills. Ugh. <laughs> Powdery Half broken substance. pills come out. Yeah, like non-dissolved pills. In little clumps. Shit. Yeah, but I mean, it would be fun to watch a couple times. Maybe watch. <laughs> I don't know about fun, but maybe fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. I think as an art exhibit, we were talking about art a lot this weekend, it'd be great to set up a live exhibit. I've always thought of this, where you have like 10 people 50 feet up, and they're butt naked, and they have different body types, and they're sitting on glass toilets with glass tubes coming down. And then the exhibit is you walk around and they all shit at the same time. <laughs> like, that'd be kind of a fun... And they flush it and you see these glass tubes fill up with shit and come tumbling down. Yeah. And then you go... A, a septic at the bottom. A giant large tank filled with shit. That's all glass. And you have different colored hair. And you're like, I, this is my creation. I, this is, if you wanted to buy this, it's five, fifteen dollars <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We were uh, talking with this dude who explained to us this weekend about um, how uh, we were talking about expensive photography because we saw this really expensive photography piece. And uh, he was talking about the the scam or the strategy involved in high-powered, high-priced artwork. And that what sometimes what a dealer will do is they get a bunch of people that are really into uh, art. Mm -hmm. And they what they'll do is they'll seed these houses with people's art. They're like they'll take you you breathe into the mic, it's freaking me the me? fuck out. One of you motherfuckers I'm you know. <sighs> Is it you? Might be you, buddy. Really? Yeah, I heard it several yeah, times. Over here. You're freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the guy said it's these things pick up a lot. Eddie Bravo was the worst. He was like <sighs> Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And like, Eddie, he even you hear Jesus. that? Oh, I didn't even hear that. Like, you don't hear that? People hear it. Fucking weirdo. Anyway. They take a a, um, a guy who like buys a lot of art. They f- they get these fish and they plant these things in their house. We'd like to gift you this this gallery. We'd like to gift you this piece. Uh, this is a guy who uh, his pieces go for about fifty thousand dollars. That's right. the price point. And uh, seeing as you're uh, you know you you buy a lot of work from this gallery, we think you would like it. So we'd like to gift it to you. Like oh amazing! Thank yeah. you so much. And so then 
this gets around to these people that are in this small community of people who buy expensive art. Where'd you get that? Oh, it's a blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, uh, the uh, you know Sebring uh, Gallery actually uh, gifted it to me because I buy a lot of pieces from them. He's actually putting on an exhibit next month. Oh, amazing. And then so they'll seed these, like, they'll send like four or five pieces right. off from these. an undeveloped, it could be an unknown guy who doesn't yes. have a price point really yet. Exactly. Yeah. But he's, talented right and so that's how they sort of stimulate the environment and what he said in his words create heat yeah and so then they'll have a gallery exhibit and this guy's work will be up and it's really good work right but people are already bought into it because oh you know rothschild has a uh, piece above his bed that's worth right. fifty thousand dollars it's amazing well the best part the part i was fascinated with is that if they they get that out there right they seed the stuff to these important people and then they have they make sure that the people that were gifted show up to the gallery so that when other like people with money are there, that person's like, yeah, I have one of those. And yeah. Like, oh, shit, you have one of those? It's weird, right? Yeah, I want one of those, too. That's like the it's, – it's very strange, man. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's kind of the fear, I think, See the I mean? base of the fear. Yeah, yeah, as we talked about this, um, exit through the gift shop is uh, exactly – Kind of the same mentality where the guy who was documenting Banksy was like, "I'll be an artist," <laughs> and then uh, now he create... still is. He's, yeah, he's yeah, like and he very makes successful, crazy money. And there's no like history of him. There's no origin of of like a, a work being built. It was just one day. It was like, here's a bunch of work. Here's like an overwhelming amount of work that I kind of didn't really create. Right. And then everybody was willing to. Yeah, yeah, but you can do that. They market it's really it. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Man. yeah you can, you do, can that. do that. You can just you can set people up. I mean, it's the hype machine. It's like okay, like how many times have there been like a Comedy Central special, and you'll see the Comedy Central special coming up, and they'll uh, have a bunch of people that uh, you know uh, are uh, critics or something will say he's one of the funniest guys out there, and yeah. boom, blah 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 blah, and then you have uh, you know you like someone famous will say something, right. my favorite all time comedian, bam, yeah. Yeah. and then you'll see this guy do this thing, yeah. and then boom, coming next, it's the new show with the new guy. Yeah. Already endorsed by all these other guys. Yeah, yeah, essentially the same thing. Same thing. It's true. You know, yeah. Movies are big in that. Movies Fuck are, yeah, they are. The of whole course. critics thing. The whole like the funniest thing I've seen this year. The, mm -hmm. you know, nobody, New shows, five stars. Five blah stars, blah blah. Yeah. This guy, that guy. This critic said, "I've never ever had such a good time." He <laughs> had a good time, and you know, there's some dudes when it comes to movies that you could just always <laughs> count on. There's some dudes that are just bullshitters. Oh, yeah. It's a big bullshit business. They just love shitty movies. Yeah. And then there's some other dudes, like, they'll criticize films. Like, uh, Roger Ebert was a, a, a famous guy. Like, people would be, like, really upset at some of the movies that he criticized. Yeah. Like, the way he criticized them. Yeah, I, I, people put so much into what into his um, his critiques of films. I never was really... I've, I read a number of them. Um, I remember... I don't remember which one, but I remember disagreeing on some stuff that yeah. he liked and I was like, "Well, and I, I don't really have I don't have a problem with that. I just feel like um I, with the I really feel like everybody is a critic. We all get to say what we like and don't like. And like if you can find somebody that you line up a lot with their beliefs, then maybe that might be the person for you to trust. Yeah. But if it's not, then like I I don't give him really any more uh credibility than a lot of any other 
I know he watched a lot, and you know he knew a lot about films. I was but more I just of a Cisco guy myself. You're what? More of a Cisco guy. You're a Cisco guy. Ebert like liked all those B movies and like those shitty sci-fi movies, so I never trusted him. Well, it doesn't you don't need those guys anymore. The yeah. point is yeah. that everybody can do it now yeah, because of I mean, social media, because of Facebook, because of Twitter. Anybody could be a critic, and there's some pretty eloquent reviews by people who don't do it for a living. I've yeah. read many reviews that people like. You know, they have those uh, Rotten Tomato re- reviews. Uh-huh. Some of those Rotten Tomato reviews are really fucking good. Man. Yeah, and they're yeah. really concise, and they're just regular folks. Yeah, it's a person who enjoys the movie or didn't enjoy the movie and said, "Here's what I think about this." I think that that site is a better indicator because it gathers. You know, uh, basically uh, averages out. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. If a lot of people that uh, that watch movies say this is awesome, there's a pretty good chance it's going to be a pretty decent movie. Yeah. If they all say this is a fucking garbage, it's uh, it's not very likely that's a good movie. Yeah, but when you like take professional interviewers, like there or uh, professional reviewers, like how can you be someone who just pre- your art is reviewing other people's art? Because that's essentially your contribution. Uh-huh. Your yeah. contribution is reviewing other people's art. Yeah. Who the fuck are you? And then you find out that Ebert actually wrote his own script. He made dog shit. He made a dog shit movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. He wrote and he directed a piece of fucking garbage. So he <laughs> failed at the thing that he was praised for being a critic of. Valley of the Dolls, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. That, is that yeah. the time? Yeah. 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 It was supposed to be unbelievably bad. Yeah. Sexy, <laughs> you suck at it. It's sexy, though. But it's fa- It's, it's like having the best, like the most respected comedy critic was like one of the worst stand-ups of all time exactly, exactly that's same. exactly what it's like yeah. but a guy who never got out of open mic nights was yeah. fucking terrible but everyone's like he knows fucking and stand-up. you know he would yeah. say here's the problem with tom segura's last special yeah tom has this you know pedantic way of yeah. distributing his jokes oh yeah. the fuck up what? fucking hack yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah, it is. Well, the idea of being a critic, too, there's only one reason why people become critics. is because they don't have anything to contribute. Mm-hmm. There's no critics that are critics because, you know, I'm brilliant at writing books and I'm amazing at doing paintings and art. But what I really like to do is judge other people's shit. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. No, they usually want to be authors. They want to be screenwriters. They want to be someone who's doing that thing, but they don't have it in them. So they become a critic. That's one of the beautiful things about things like Rotten Tomatoes. They're just regular people. They don't have to write a review of this. They write a review of it because they're inspired to. Right. Which is probably like how you should, we should, we should treat artwork. We should look at people's, you know, you look at an average, you know, oh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it 80%. And then you look at the reviews, you go, okay, I see what this guy's saying. I see, without giving away too much, here's what I didn't like. Without Mm -hmm. giving away too much, here's what I liked. Yeah. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, yeah, is this I, it? I think it was the sequel, and he co-wrote it. But it, I remember seeing it. It was, you know, sexy. There was a lot of sex in it, a lot of hot chicks and stuff. But yeah, it's uh-huh. a s- total stupid stoner 70s movie. Yeah. We should watch it and get really high and do commentator Absolutely. on it. Absolutely. Russ Myers, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. So this is a movie that he wrote? He co-wrote. Uh, it was uh, co-written with Roger Ebert for 20th Century Fox. See, you can't criticize that, though. Because unless you know who the other person is, and unless you know what Roger's contributions were, yeah, you know, I mean, he was a part of a dog shit movie, but I've been a part of dog shit shows. You know, there was a lot of those things that we did on the Man Show that were dog shit. And, but if you know about the behind the scenes struggles to even get dog shit made, you'd realize how difficult it is to yeah. have to have something represent what you wanted to do. Especially if it was like his first movie he tried to make. Who knows how many people were involved in this? 
Who knows how high on coke the producers were? Mm-hmm. Who knows how fucking crazy the actors were? Who knows? Yeah. It's it's so hard to tell. And even if you read like his copy of the script, who knows how much editorial control he had on it over it? Who know, who knows what the studio decided they wanted added or removed? It's hard <clears throat> until you unless you read their individual work. Like if you write a blog entry and you wrote it all by yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I know, and that's your work. I know your work. Right. But like a show, like like something like the Jesselneck Offensive. Mm-hmm. How much control do you think they had? I mean, how much how much how much uh, input did Comedy Central have? How much input did the producers have? How right. Many, yeah, know, I don't know. The standards and practice people say you can't say this, you can't say that. Change it to this. Now waters it down, but it's good enough. Let's do it anyway. Right. Who knows? You know, I don't know why I chose the Jesselneck Offensive, but I did. Yeah. You know. It's, it's, you imagine this as a representation of what, what he wants, but you don't know that he's actually, I mean, getting on exactly what he wants all the time, right? Yeah, which is the beautiful, beautiful thing about podcasts and the beautiful thing about stand-up is you don't have to have something in it that you don't like. Yeah, it can be exactly what you yeah, want. It, yeah. It's a limited amount of people are involved. Mm-hmm. The smaller the number, the, the purer the, the, the vision or the purer the, the product of what you're doing from one source. It's weird when you, you you get like giant groups of people that are like all voting and deciding on what should be on a movie. Yeah. All you know, putting their input on how a TV show should be, what the monologue should be. And it's not going to work. Yeah. You can't have that. The only way those things work is if you have the less people, the better. You yeah. Know? Those. That's why the you know things that don't have like directors who really prove themselves and talent that really proves themselves can get like they have that power of less and less notes that's mm-hmm. why that work is a lot of times better you know people aren't telling really tarantino you got to change all this shit now he's yeah. he's getting he's putting the movie out there that he wants to put out there yeah you know so that's well, like, why it's like good south park perfect example yeah it's really Trey Parker. Yep. It's one fucking guy, and Matt Stone is involved in it as well, and yeah. you know all the writers are involved as well. But without having this one guy, uh, if you've watched that uh, one-hour thing that they did, mm-hmm. what, what was it called? Were there the countdown to uh, Seven Days to Air? Days to air. <clears throat> really fascinating. Really? Yeah, really fascinating because yeah, you get out. to see his... Um, his uh, process, the creative process, well, how many other people input things and what, what's involved in the creating of things. But their show is so successful, successful and so awesome that Comedy Central just leaves it alone. They just it's so great, back man. away. And yeah. As but is The Daily Show. The same sort of situation. They don't fuck with that. They don't fuck with it. Yeah. They just leave it alone. And then Louie has that famous deal mm-hmm. where he just takes less money <laughs> and gets no, he delivers an episode. He yeah. goes, they don't even know the episode. Beautiful. He just drops it. Here's the episode. It's the best way. And well, yeah. look, you know, you, when you got a guy who's as talented as Louie, like, if you want him on your network, the the best way to get him on your network is to get him. Let right. It, get, let him do it. Let him do it. They're smart enough to get out of their own way. Right. It's a b- beautiful thing that they figured out to do that with him. To just yeah. Step back, get out of their own way, and let him do it. And unfortunately, like, I feel like you know, a lot of entertainment would be a lot better if they would embrace that a little bit more. You know, there's so many people giving their input on. On television, I mean, people would die if they realized the amount of people telling you to do things and cut things out in TV. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just um, it's 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 hard. It's hard to get things done on uh, on network, you know, because every spot that they have is valuable. Every slot, every thirty minute slot, especially during prime time, yeah, it's extremely valuable. It's worth so much to have those things there mm-hmm. that they have to be real careful because if it's a hit, 
they can make so much money in advertising. If you can, you have a new Chappelle show and it becomes a new cultural icon sort of a thing, yeah. oh my God, it's worth money. So much money. So because of that, these non-creative fucking people get involved in the creative process to try Fuck to optimize money. Yep. Fuck that all up, man. That's, that's, that's the one you <clears throat> want to walk away from and leave alone the most. When we did Opie and Anthony on Friday, they were talking about that, about radio being sort of ruined because of uh, all this input that now all this restrictions, all this, you, you can't just be wild anymore. You can't just do what you actually want to do, say what you actually want to say. You got to worry about being suspended. You got to worry about being fined. Even on satellite radio, they They're were still, still fined. Yeah. yeah. And you get, and they have like taboo topics. Like don't just don't even bring this up ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were, they took a hiatus from satellite for a while, but they were still on regular radio. Yeah. That's so bananas. It's, and it, they, the hiatus was because the, they had some crazy homeless guy get on and say he wanted to rape, uh, who was it, the black one, Condoleezza Rice? Oh, right. <clears throat> yeah, homeless, they had guy. some crazy homeless guy saying a bunch yeah. of nutty shit. And because of that, they got, I'm pretty sure they got suspended from satellite, but they were allowed to be on regular radio. That I, doesn't even add <clears throat> Wasn't that, what is, let's see, Opie and Anthony suspended from satellite radio. I know that the Playboy radio on Sirius Radio, which is now, I think, Vivid Radio, they used to have, up to like a month ago, they had these rules that you weren't allowed to talk about incest, you weren't allowed to talk about drugs, including marijuana, you weren't allowed to talk about all this shit, and it's like, wait, this is Playboy radio, and you can't talk about <clears throat> marijuana? Yeah, um, XM suspended them for 30 days. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Can't talk about marijuana on yeah. Playboy Radio. What, what the fuck? Fucking <laughs> stupid shit is that? That's so dumb. So they were on censored radio while <laughs> while they were suspended from uncensored radio. For the, that's so crazy. <laughs> for something someone else said. That's, that's so hilarious. crazy. Yeah. Well, it's more more idiotic thinking. There's a lot of idiotic thinking out there. But you know, it's also let's be honest. It's idiotic to have some fucking homeless guy on saying he wants to rape Condoleezza Rice. Like, what you should do is say, don't do that anymore because it's stupid and gross. That, that guy's nasty. Like, why, why do you have this fucked up, mentally ill person in your studio saying stupid shit like that? Like, that's not good. Right. But it's, it's suspending them for that, you know, just... Yeah, just don't do that again. The, the people let, you know, the people should let them know that they don't like that. Like, hey, man, that was fucking gross. Yeah. Why, why you got this guy saying he's going to rape some woman, you know, some woman who works in the White House? Like, that's crazy. How long were they suspended for? 30 days. 30 days. If it wasn't for them, though, I would have never done this, you know, and we'd never done it this way either. Because every other show that I ever did, every other radio show that I ever did was always, like, real structured, like, you would go in there, they would have their bits, they would have their news guy that would interrupt every 15 minutes, they'd do their traffic thing, they had all this stuff yeah. that you had to go through and do. But when you do Opie and Anthony, you would just sit there and hang out with them. Yeah. It was just a, just a loose, open, hang conversation, and it was so much more fun to do that way. And I remember doing it thinking, like, God damn, like, this is the way to do it. Why don't they fucking do this on every radio show? Now you still will sometimes, every once in a while... We'll stop in and do radio somewhere else, right? You'll still like if somebody if, a, if in a certain town, will you still give them beside, aside from O and A or no? I think I, I think I do um, O and A and Kevin and Bean Kevin regularly, and, Bean. and you know I'll sometimes I'll call in to uh, another station, but uh -huh. there's not that many of them anymore. There's they there's jocks, these disc jockeys have been all choked out. They've been choked out by Jack TV or Jack Radio and all, this all right, all the pre-programming. Yeah. yeah, I tell you that Jack Radio is pretty <clears throat> sweet though. 
Have you ever listened to it before? It's just music. There's no G- DJs anymore. Is the it's point. Just all, There's no yeah. radio personalities. In the point. Yeah. So those morning radio shows are all just choked some, out. Some radio so so goddamn awful to do. Yeah, stuff. but if you want like good music and you don't want to listen to fucking idiots babble, which is a lot of what you get on those morning shows. Yeah, something like Jack is great. No, yeah, no, I'm saying like it's it, some of it is so like the the guys doing morning shows some of them are still so bad they're dinosaurs yeah they're they're done that that whole style only existed when there was a small amount of people that were allowed to broadcast yeah you know and then when the restrictions came down and they had to be as generic and as politician like as possible mm-hmm. they be, you you got this top 40 nonsense where you have people who talk like this our next guest do do you know you're, you're you're talking in some weird fake robot voice. And yeah. You're you're plugging into this system and doing, you know, what's expected of you. And there's no individuality to it. There's no uniqueness to it. You know, there's a there's it's just a it's too restrictive an environment for creativity. Yeah. That's why when a guy like Howard Stern came along, it was just like he blew the roof off of the the business because all of a sudden a guy came along that wasn't scared. To, ta- to take on controversial stances, to say outrageous shit, to say really funny things, and to try to entertain people in this really bold and crazy way. Yeah. And, and attack other people who are like his competitors, like openly attack them. Like, who the fuck ever did that? Yeah, that was, his, uh, that was also a strategy. I, I didn't know. Of like, but it was like he would, when he was new in a market, a, a radio guy was telling me that, like, if he came into a new market, the, f- the first thing he would always do is attack that guy's show so that like he was playing in a new city and the the former number one show would have would be being being made fun of on howard's show so that listeners would be like oh shit like he's making fun of this guy and create that that buzz in that new city right it creates drama in the new city and then people are you know either saying like you know what he's right this show is fucking lame that we've been listening to (laughs) or you know so you know he would also probably uh, he would he would pull the people that were going to like him anyways mm-hmm. from that new yeah. city. And then, you know, either it worked out or it didn't. And it's, you know, it's low fruit anyway because a lot of them really do suck. Yeah. So it's easy to do. You yeah. can just go in there and jack them. Because yeah. just pointing out the obvious. Yeah. That a lot of these just fucking... He would play their show on his show. <laughs> well, Opie and Anthony does that they too. They do that too, yeah. They, what they do is um, they'll, they'll, they were doing uh, Jocktober. So uh, throughout the month of October, they were like really corny, shitty radio shows. They would highlight them, play them, and then just destroy them. Oh my god! They would play, play, and Anthony is so good at like destroying things, and so is Norton. Yeah. And so they would they would play these radio and pause them and just crush them and just go off on them for like ten minutes and then come back to them and let them play some more and then crush them some oh. more. Imagine how brutal, like, like if you're that guy and you hear that, it's so fucking you terrible. You find out that O&A got a hold of your radio show uh, today for Jocktober, and then the pests get a hold of you. Oh, God. Because the O&A pests are fucking savages. Yeah. They're animals. Those huge, huge O&A fans. Oh, yeah. Just listen religiously every day. When they when they decide to go after somebody, yeah, it's they'll, over, they'll torture you on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> torture your fucking Facebook page. Holy shit. They'll fucking attack you. They'll attack you, as will the Stern fans. Yeah, you know? yeah. As, I mean, imagine like you, you have your little radio show in Des Moines, and then you get home in your fucking mailbox. You're like, what's all this fucking hate mail? Yeah, which is fucking... um, one thing I wanted to bring up. Um, we won the Stitcher Award for the best overall podcast. And, uh, you know, w- uh, agree or disagree, 
that that's all good. But so, someone from some uh, podcast, which I'm not even going to bother mentioning because I think it was actually someone who was like one of the sound guys from the podcast told people to do this, told people to, to send some hate our way. And I got all these fucking angry people on Twitter that were angry that this other show didn't win. And look, I, you know, first of all, I think, I think contests are stupid. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that people like the show, but I don't give a fuck if we won a contest. I think contests are dumb as fuck. I've never asked to win a contest. Um, it's nice that, that people acknowledge that they enjoy it. I like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're going after someone else for winning something and somehow or another, you know, it, 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 you think it takes away from the show that you like, you know, like you're, you're a fucking idiot. Is this a bigger show? No, no. So, no I've never even heard of them until this, this wave of wow. fucking hate started coming my That's way. Super lame. And, and you're just reading it. It was like, this is so stupid. Like, you don't have to like a show. But if you're mad that your show didn't win and another show did, you're a fucking dunce. And yeah. to just go out and push a bunch of hate, all that means is that the show that you represent, the show that you like, has a bunch of assholes for fans. It does. It yeah, I don't know why that is. I don't know who's responsible for that, but... It's so unnecessary. I mean, we, we live in 2014. We, on this podcast especially, as a rule, support other people. As a rule. I'm constantly telling people about other podcasts that I love, whether it's Hardcore History with Dan Carlin or um, whether it's Danielle Bellelli, Danielle Bellelli's podcast or Tom Segura's podcast mm. or whether it's anybody, Joey Diaz, Ari Shafir. We constantly promote people's podcasts when they come on. When Cara Santa Maria was on here the other day, I was telling her, start a podcast. You should do a podcast. Yeah. And if somehow or another you like her podcast more than you like my podcast, good. That means you like something. I don't give a fuck. There's plenty of people in this world. There's 300 million fucking people in this country alone. And this podcast reaches people all over the planet. I get emails and text messages or tweets rather from New Zealand, from Australia, from Japan. I get them from Afghanistan. I get them constantly from all over the world. It doesn't, there's plenty of people. You it's don't, so cool. That's, who knows how many millions that is that yeah. have access to podcasts. You, you should listen to whatever you like. You know, the idea that somehow or another your show is, uh, is, is being stiffed by some, you know, I, maybe they had some, they organized some fucking thing where they tried to win they it tried or something to win. like that. It's yeah. possible that they were upset that they did that. And so this is the blowback. But it's probably that same sort of strategy. Get us to talk about it. Get us to be angry about it. And it, it pumps up that other show. Yeah, I refuse. I, I had somebody try to bait us on that too. Or I was yeah. like, I'm not Meanwhile, I hope that other show does great. I hope yeah. it's something I can listen to. Yeah. I hope I enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not against any other shows. I love what I love, you know, and if there's someone out there that wins uh, some Stitcher award or some iTunes award or something like that, and we didn't, I'll listen to it because I want to know if it's good. If it's good, yeah. You know, maybe I'll find it enjoyable and it'll be something I can listen to on a plane sometime and have Look, a good time. I'm really sorry we got our listeners to send you that hate mail. <laughs> I was about to bring that up. I was trying to work it in slowly. Um, we, we didn't even talk about the UFC. Oh, crazy, yeah. Crazy-ass fucking UFC. That was pretty crazy. A lot of fights I heard in the stands. Yeah, I heard some people got stabbed. Two apparently. people got stabbed. Um, crazy. Another guy threw a chair at a woman. Jesus. Um, Did he throw it at somebody else and the woman got hit? Is that, that what we, happened? Uh, we didn't get clarity on that, but it was it was intense in the stands. It was funny because uh, it was... How did he get a chair was, in the stands? I think the chair was in um, f- higher up when they have the, the freestanding area with like the... 
where there actually are chairs and there's, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, I see, I see, I see. So there's- So there's, someone threw it down? I'm not sure how it was thrown. They were just talking about that a chair got thrown and it hit a girl, um, <sighs> that a dude threw it. But, the, you know, the stabbing, it made sense that something like that happened because we were all, I realized that sometimes fights happen in the stands and you look and it, it just kind of, it, fa- it fizzles out really quickly. And in this case, it was, um, it was- like you saw, you heard a huge, you know, like kind of shouting, screaming from this area, and we all turn, we're watching it, and then I realized that thirty seconds later, there's a fight going on, and everybody is looking in the stands, like because it's there's so much action in there, and, and people what, are scared. What fight was going on while this was happening? Man, this had to have been. Um, oh, it was Jamie Varner and Abel Trujillo? Was it that fight? That's what someone said. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was later on. So it was, it wasn't one of the early fights. I, I want to say it's probably about, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Six, seven fights in. So that would be Varner Trujillo. That was a crazy fucking fight. That fight makes people want to stab people. Yeah. And that was the, that was, that was, that fight was bananas. We're looking at six or seven decisions in a row up to that point. Wow. Yeah. Right? And, but Jamie Varner and Abel Trujillo just fucking assaulted each other. They threw down. Varner looked like, um, in the beginning, like. He was seemed like he was moments away from closing it out. He hit him hard and fast, and he he had him in trouble. And you just didn't know if he was going to close it out right then. But then, towards the end of the fight, he looked like he was going to get him again. Mm-hmm. Well, he had him in a north south choke too for a while. He um, he burnt his arm out in the first round because he was trying to choke him out with that uh, north south choke. So he had him on the ground, had a dominant position, had a choke, couldn't finish the choke, and then they got up and were fucking th- slinging knuckles at each other. Man, man. yeah. It was one of the wildest, most aggressive fights. The way I described it, uh, they, they, those punches were like, "What did you say about my mother?" Punches. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I described it because they were just they were so ridiculous. It was... I feel like throughout the fights, we were seeing a number of haymakers thrown, man. <laughs> like a lot of yeah. just over the top running, throwing punches. It was pretty intense. There was a lot of there was. I mean, people complained about it. Like that always happens online. People complain, but I thought there was uh, there was some. Some fights that weren't the most dramatic because mm-hmm. they were evenly matched and yep. they went to decision. Yep. But that Varner fight, and then of course that fucking the the main event was a huge disaster. Yeah, the, the stoppage, the premature stoppage. Oh, yeah, it's too bad because uh, first of all, it's too bad because Henning Barrow looked fucking sensational. I mean, he cracked Uriah Faber with this big punch, had him, and he hurt him with a bad leg kick before that. Man, leg kick was like a whip. He cracked Uriah with a hard leg kick, and you mm-hmm. could see Uriah have like a little bit of a limp to him, like right after that. Like it was a hard kick, and then he caught him with that big punch and had him really hurt. And so for him, it sucks because he had Uriah really badly hurt, and it doesn't give him like a, this this definitive ending. He was looking at the referee when he was like hammer fisting Uriah because he, sure he wanted yeah. the referee to stop the fight. Which, of course, look, he's the champion. He wants to retain his title. It's worth a lot of money to him. It's 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 very valuable. It's also a, a, a moment of a, you know a, a point of pride. But he had Uriah really badly hurt. It would have been way better if he could finish him off legitimately. You know, if he finished him off like where there's no controversy. But Herb Dean stopped the fight kind of early. But, you know, on Herb's side, like, he didn't know. Like, what if, what if he stopped the fight and Uriah, like, after uh, Barrow got off of him, rolls over onto his back and he's unconscious? Yeah. You know? I mean, he's getting cracked. He's hurt. He's wobbling. He's hanging on. And he's just had his hands up and he's getting hit with punches. I didn't think it was quick enough to stop the fight or I didn't think it was bad enough to stop the fight. But I'm not a referee, man. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not in there right next to the guys. He is and he made a bad call. But 
it's because he wanted everybody to be safe. It's the right call to make if you're if you're concerned with being safe. Yeah. This is the Jamie Varner Abel Trujillo fight. Boom! Uh, that's the the punch Jesus. that landed. Oh my God! That's yeah, crazy. That's... But the way they were winging at each other. Look yeah. at this. They're winging oh, punches at each fuck. other. Oh, Trujillo hit him so perfect too. Wow. And he was chasing after Trujillo. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the whole thing was so crazy. It was a, it was a, oh like one of the wildest, like Donnie Brook style fights. One of the wild, most slobber knocker fights I've ever seen. It's one of the fight. It's the fight that gets an audience excited. Like that's yeah. the kind of fight that people are are fired up about. I just feel sorry for Uri Faber a little bit. Yeah, I that mean, he didn't have a chance to actually come back. He's, yeah. he's a fucking durable guy too, because he might have been able to get out of that and survive and come back. We saw with Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard, he was hurt even worse than Uriah Faber was. But look, he came back and he won. Yeah, or he came back and he made a draw out of it. Who was it that fought? Was it Martin that they got out of the, a crazy armbar, or was he uh, putting it on? Uh, um, no, that was uh, Martin was putting it on, and uh, he uh, put it on. Oh, fucking who? Russian was it? guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Magomedov. Magomedov. Yeah, that was a crazy fight. The first oh, round, shit. he 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 dominated that dude on the ground and got a, a real good deep armbar. And the guy was screaming in agony when he was trying to get out of it. Like mm-hmm. you can see his arms hyperextended, screaming in agony, and managed to get out of it and actually managed to win the fight. Yeah, that was incredible. That was absolutely incredible seeing yeah, him get out of that. Fuck yeah, there was some uh, some great fights. Jose Aldo's a fucking beast, and so is that kid Ricardo Lamas. Man, Ricardo Lamas is a tough fucking kid. Um, we also saw uh, 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 Alistair and, and Frank Mir. Yeah, and um, do that that knee. To the face, yeah. Where I have, I know a friend, so I have really good seats. I was like cage side, <laughs> and that that knee was right in front of us. Like we, yeah. we and you hear it, mm-hmm. and we saw Frank's eyes roll back. I was certain, first of all, that uh, I just heard his jaw get cracked in half, and I also thought because he stumbled big time. I thought he was we we're about going to see down. Him. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. He didn't want to go down. Look, yeah. Frank Mir is a tough motherfucker, man. He's tough. He's yeah. tough, and he's experienced. And the dude has just been there, done that. Yeah, it's hard to take him out. You know, even the, this day. That's why it's so impressive that Josh Barnett took him out so fast in the first round. Frank's fucking tough, man. We were he just kept trying to win. He was trying to win, and and he was getting he was getting hit pretty good. Yeah, um, almost had a guillotine at one point in time, but Alistair popped out of it. But, you know, maybe if Frank got that earlier in the fight before he'd taken all that punishment, maybe he'd have had more strength. It's incredible to be able to take that abuse and still be in it, though. Well, Alistair fought conservatively. He, like, kind of admitted to it that he was and, worried because he had lost two fights in a row and he wanted to make sure he played it safe and got the win. By the way, was it Trujillo that, that um, you asked something like... You're, did like, it you're, hurt? And he was like, I hurt like a mug. <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> oh, so he was funny. totally honest yeah. about it. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we ran out of time, man. We're going to turn into a pumpkin soon. Uh, Tom Segura on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, T-O-M-S-E-G-U-R-A. And the podcast with his lovely and talented wife, Christina Pazitsky, is called Your Mom's House. And it is, in fact, the shit. And they do a live version of this podcast. Uh, a lot of times, they'll Tom and Christina will do gigs or they'll do stand-up. And um, then they'll also do the podcast. And it's got a fucking huge following now. And it's beautiful to see, man. I, it's I love, fun. I love that it's growing and expanding and that you, you have these shows now and all these people know, like, all the stuff that you guys talk about on a regular yeah, basis. So they're, like, really into it. It's so much fun. It's, it's like, it's a party and it's a, it's a good time. We're doing live podcasts. is like, a whole different type of performance for us. So we're doing it all over, man. San Francisco, New York, Houston. Seattle, it's going everywhere. It's beautiful. And they're all free, of course, um, at, uh, what, what is the website? To listen to, yeah, we're on iTunes or you go to yourmomshousepodcast.com. 
beautiful. And uh, thank you to Squarespace, squarespace.com. Use the code word Joe and save 10% off your first purchase. Thanks also to LegalZoom.com. Use the code word Rogan in the referral box at checkout and get some more savings. Thanks to Onnit.com. Use the code word Rogan and save 10% off any and all supplements. Thank you, everybody, who came to New York this weekend. We had a great fucking time. It, it couldn't have been a nicer crowd. You guys were cool as fuck. And even though everybody had to get over 1,000 people, had to get upstairs through two elevators, um, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that we're going to start late because of that, and everybody cheered, and they were happy, and yeah. we got we got everybody seated before the show started. It just I, I, I can't thank you guys enough. It's just it's a, a real honor having people that are so nice and so cool come to our shows. I don't know how it happened, but we're going to make sure that we, we continue to try to nurture this. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with Justin Martindale and um, Friday with uh, Cameron Hayes, a famous bow hunter. And then uh, it looks like we might do Saturday with Pete Dominic, who's a very funny stand-up, and sometimes he's on CNN, and he's also got a, a great show on Sirius XM as well. So we got a lot of shit coming up, you fucks. And we love the... F- we love you. We love you. Love for all. Big kiss. Mwah. <laughs>